From beyond the farthest reaches of our galaxy they come. Two brains pulsing with a strange energy. These space brains come to share their love of science fiction movies. Welcome to Space Friends, the show where we joy watch sci-fi movies and then talk about what was good and what was great. I'm sorry, and this is Mark. Hi, it's episode 78, and tonight we are talking about science fiction film Old. Came out last year, 2021, and we're going to go on a nice deep dive about getting old on a beach, sorry. Old. <laughs> We live in Mandra. We're getting old on a beach right now. We are, and there's plenty of other oldies around. Nothing wrong with getting old, nothing wrong with maturing, but when you mature at a fast rate, as this film suggests, uh, you yeah, maybe there's a problem. There, there are problems. <laughs> so in this episode, we're going to reveal what we thought about the film, the ins and outs of narrative and film language, plus a nice deep dive, I would presume, into ageing, but I could be totally wrong, uh, that the filmmakers are proposing. Old was written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. I can never it's get his last name. It's pronounced a ding down. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, M. Night, he's one of our yeah, favorites. Yeah, he is, he is. I, I he'll, just, be on the, he'll be on this show one day soon. He will be, he will be. Because this is the thing with him, is he's done a bucket load of science fiction. We've already done one of his other ones, After Earth. Oh, that was him, wasn't it? That was him with oh. Will Smith and Will oh, Smith's okay. son or whatever. That, that was his film. Um, so this is the second time on Space Brains. We've had a couple of directors now, they're repeating. And he definitely, if you go back, Sixth Sense, Unbreakable... There's a whole bunch of signs. There's a whole bunch that really we're going to go back to at some different points in time. Uh, This film was based on a graphic novel called Sandcastle by Pierre Oscar Levy. And I probably, you needed probably a French accent for that. And Frederica Bitters. (laughs) 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 I said it in my brain and it came out totally wrong. Sorry, Frederick. Uh, And M. Knight got this as a Father's Day present, that graphic novel. How nice of a present is that for father's day that's nice and a couple of his daughters feature in this film in various mm. not behind in front of the camera yep directly but they they're, they're in they're involved they're so involved. turn back now if you have not seen this film this is Morning. m night Shyamalan and, 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 and sorry sorry m what does your m stand for anyway yeah no. turns out his m stands for emma yes. if you haven't seen- <laughs> you are picking on him he's never going to come on the show he's now, never coming on now. <laughs> oh. anyway, go and watch the film because we are going to spoil it we are we're going to warn him and as i said this is m night Shyamalan, so that means you don't want to spoil no, it you watched it that's true go watch it tune back in Stop. and then you can won't be spoiled yes it'd be it's great what a twist it is what a twist so, uh, like all these films are about. So, the actual synopsis of old is a vacationing family discovers that on a, discovers that on a secluded beach where they're relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. So, of course, the question is, get the hell off the beach, but it's not that simple. So, it's kind of a good old-fashioned 
high concept film. Like if you were stuck on the beach and aging this rapidly that by the end, you know, by the time the sun goes down, it's a good old ticking clock, isn't it? By the time the sun goes down, you're going to be dead. So what would you do? How would you get off the beach? You know, how would you react to the characters that are you're stuck with on the beach? What happens to you? Who dies first? I don't don't know. So, yeah, it's a really good what-if, high-concept question. So it's no surprise that um, when he looked at this original story, you know, that idea really grabbed me. And this film does it. It's not one for the faint-hearted, I didn't feel. I felt like it is a turning screwdriver, like just make the scene tighter yeah, and tighter on your does, characters. It does make you feel a little bit awkward at times. Uh, it is a tension-pulling story, this one. So I loved this experience. What was your number one takeaway from Old Surrey? Did you know... There was a movie that had Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando in it. Mm-hmm. What is it called? And now I'm going to stab a black man. <laughs> Young? Is that no, what it's called? I don't know. No, no you don't. But know. That's my that's my takeaway. No. Ah. And oh, course, yeah, yeah, having because... seen the film here, <laughs> the uh, surgeon, as we discover, is mm. suffering from schizophrenia. Yeah. And so he he just at various times that's how he loses the plot. Yes, he's... he'll be in the middle of doing something, and then he'll just bring up this film. Yeah, and you know what? I never even bothered looking it up because I just no. figured it's just some crazy person. <laughs> and also, apparently, in his schizophrenia, he is a raging racist. Yeah, he is. <laughs> well, it brings out the truth in people, doesn't it? Those sort of mental disorders yeah, as I, they come I, along. I think if, as you get dementia, you probably he was, start. A, he was a bit biased at the very beginning yeah. of his time on the beach and as he got older mm. as he aged he got worse yes no but i did like my number one takeaway on this really is the way the way people can express change throughout a lifetime yeah is always very fascinating so yeah, right he is a surgeon he's he's very competent he's smart he's wealthy he's good looking uh, all of these sorts of things but as he's aged in this film, it's like super rapidly, mm. his his mask has slipped. Yeah. And uh, these character traits, which, you know, for example, why did he have that knife in the first place? Mm. Yeah. Like that wasn't a knife that came from the, the food basket. He's a surgeon. He's just always carrying a knife around that just to slip people. Knife. <laughs> and you can tell, you'd imagine when he's younger, he would have just gone, you know, I just, I like to carry it with me. And as he's gotten a bit older and he's sort of slipping a bit, his mask it's is coming down. Thing, it turns it? out he's he's actually a bit scared. He's frightened mm. and he's going to use it. So you know, that's what I got. I I, just, I really just liked him continually bringing up this movie. <laughs> when there, there was one scene in particular where he's, uh, every, everyone's all arguing. He says, wait, I think we've lost sight of what was <laughs> really important here. And everyone yeah. stops. And you expect him to say, how are we going to get off the side? But he says... Yeah. There was a movie. (laughs) And you go, oh my God, is that really the important point? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way of progressing him downhill, wasn't it? Because as he he kind of, like it was very subtle the first time he said it and then the next time it got more severe. That time as well, we were in a moment where it's like, oh, panic. And then he says that and you're like, oh, something's not right. And then when he does the tumor bit as well, he like starts talking about it. You're like, oh God, focus on the... Well, I, like I it was of, a real downward when he spiral. stopped that because that was the first time he mentioned it. I think or was it the second time? That was okay. the second time. Yeah, yeah, but when he sort of stopped, 
he said it. It was almost like he was, I got the feeling it was like his bedside manner. He was yeah. trying to distract everyone else's thoughts. Yeah. Think about this movie. Yeah, yeah. While we're cutting this open and doing yeah. this horrible and thing. And maybe hyper-focusing himself. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it, it kind of seemed a bit natural at that mm. point. So tell me though, Mark, was this a hope, a warning or an experiment? I'd say warning, 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 because don't go to random beaches when you're in holiday resorts don't rely on the concierge well, to take to Lake, you take Lake you there. Crystal, you know, Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. But but um, that that's not true because I've done it myself in like in Thailand and Bali. You take their advice and you go on the trip. So what seems very open ended is suddenly disaster. But I think more so than that, there is the actual bit of him saying. This whole, you know, the wife she she realizes that the trip was a bit too good to be true, so yeah. that to me is the actual clincher, which so kind of happens a little bit later when they suddenly realize, oh, hang on, we are all sick. Why are we all sick? Why like why are we all suffering from illness? And this hotel package was suddenly a real special package that came out of nowhere, and I seem to get emailed the offer, and so yeah, so there's kind of like the old fashioned warning here of something being offered to you and you take it up and there's there's a payoff isn't there there's like yeah. a like a scam for example like a, there, there's something in it that you're going to get it. and it's what's great in this movie is it's very subtle and the characters don't realize till later and we as well as the audience don't really get that information either early you know it seems like a lovely resort it seems normal i've i have as i said i've been on a family trip and my wife and i um, when we were young also went to places like thailand and bali and things and you go on these lovely trips and the concierge or the people taken after you go oh there's a trip out to the islands just you know they'll pick you up at the hotel and they just take you there and you go out and it's kind of all included food basket of wine whatever and they're beautiful little treats and you kind of get into the you trust the resort people to look after you you know because you don't well you don't really have a choice in it (laughs) you're kind of like a little kid on holiday so i feel that it's a warning because they did trust that and as an audience we trusted that and then suddenly realising, oh, no, there's more to it and that's what there is and and he does this in a lot of his films. There's a twist and that is the twist later on is that, no, this isn't just a resort, it's a science experiment. It's a, a, you know, pharmaceutical company that's actually behind this and they've realised they can use the beach to their advantage in their testing and so there's much more to the story than we know as an audience. It's kept a mystery until the end. Yeah. And he's guilty of doing this or he's very good at doing this in a lot of his films. He keeps yeah. that secret to the end. And I I, I can see this is definitely not a movie of hope. Yeah. There's, yeah, it, and it's a weird movie because what I really liked was that this pharmaceutical company didn't seem to be doing this, uh, like their, their apparent motive was to help people. Mm. Like they they were they had moved down that mad scientist route of I'll kill a couple of people yeah. to save the world to save the world yeah which is which I also think if if you're willing to kill a couple of people then you should be willing to kill yourself for that thing yeah and that's the so, thing that people don't know yes they're not volunteering you know like yes, that's, I, that's I know I've known a couple of people you know on kind of uh, you know a cancer where they're heading down to like there's nothing that can help them and they get offered like a special treatment that is experimental, you know, and it's like a trial and there's risks associated with that. But, of course, they say, well, yeah, it's worth the risk because I'm going to die anyway. I don't, yeah. you know, like, but they sign up willingly to it, you know. 
because they could also say, no, I don't want to do that, you know, because of the side yeah. effects. And, Whereas and in this film, they don't get, they don't, there's no warning. But see, I would also say that this does sort of come as a bit of an experiment here because we do get this little, um, you know, moral or morality lesson from mm. the the main couple that we follow yep. uh, as they age and they're initially there, they've got marriage problems, you yep. know, uh, mistrust, yeah, problems with personality, problems yep. with bits and pieces. History. And then as, as they get on and they're old, they, they sit there and goes, you know, we, we were angry. I just, I don't really even know yeah. what that was about. And it's just nice. Well, they, they together. And we'll talk a bit more about the narrative. Like they, they do, they progress from, they're about to have a divorce at the end. They're not, they're, they're basically back together, but, they are forced in this experiment to confront and talk through their problems mm. and tell the story of, you know, her cheating and him knowing and and they're given that time to each other to actually, you know, go through those problems. Whereas at the start it was more like, well, we're just going to get divorced, we don't care, we're moving yeah. on. So, yeah. so I, I don't... There's not a very clear cut between. It's definitely not hope because we're not getting no, any hope. There's out of no this. hope. No warning. Warning is often yeah. You find yourself in trouble of your own making. Is mm. usually what they're warning about, which is kind of what this is about. This as you said, this trust. Yeah. Uh, do we do we trust? Put our trust in authority and a bit of greed as well. You know yeah. the fact that here's a free holiday to this beautiful island resort, and you go yeah, well okay. Yeah, yeah. This what? sounds really good, but at the same time, it's also a bit experimental in yep. that we're seeing. Yeah, what happens to these people through a lifetime in the course of a day? So yeah, yeah, that's quite good. But what did you think? Did you think it's a hope, warning, or experiment? Let us know. What was your first impression? First impression. This is funny because when you go in and it says M Night Shyamalan on the opening yeah. credits somewhere, you're sort of trained, having watched you know from his first big films that he brought out through. Mm. You go, there's going to be something special. Yes, like there's going to be something here, and so I was keeping an eye out for it but of course he did this one very well unlike for example the village i feel i kind of guessed the whole it's not actually because i've never said the year that like yeah. you know sort of guessed that but i wasn't sure if it was post-apocalyptic or was it something <laughs> else yeah. yeah yeah but and so i was looking at this one and this one i was hoping that i i wouldn't get it mm. so i already knew the basic premise that they're aging because that was in the trailers i saw that one of those yep. early and it's called old yep so, you know. The poster's like a girl in the bikini, kind of half of her is her age young, and then the other half is her skeleton. Ooh, nice. Yeah, so it's kind of like... I didn't see that one, but yeah. yes. So my first impression was, where are they going to get me on this? Where mm. And he tricked me right at the very start with the cocktails. Yeah. Because they're handed his cocktails. I, I, there was a hint when you realise it, which is designed for your tastes what we, you know, from the information we got from mm. you earlier. And I was like, oh, that's a bit odd. Like... Uh, it, it wasn't just, it wasn't these are the cocktails that you selected yeah, when yeah. you chose the package. This yeah. is, we've created these based on, you know, the profiling that you gave to us. Yeah. And that to me was, that's a big specific bit of information. And I was wondering, how's that fitting in here? But mm. but I couldn't pick it. Yeah, so, I couldn't, I didn't pick that either. Because again, I've been on those holidays where you walk into the hotel and they do say, oh, here's a welcome cocktail or something. Yeah, you go, I, yeah okay, sure. On my honeymoon, we got a <laughs> you know, honeymoon upgrade. Yeah, and yeah. that had, um, you know, there was a, a bath had already been drawn for us or something. Yeah. Our, and, and there was a champagne and chocolates yeah, yeah. type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because neither my wife nor I like champagne, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, well, we've, we had that experience as well on our honeymoon and they knew. So it was like there was a cake. 
which was always, I was like, oh, I don't really want to eat a cake right now at this time of night, kind of coming yeah. off a plane and blah, blah, blah. But that was kind of a bit random. And then the next day there was like a breakfast basket of goodies or something like that. Um, but I have been on just a normal holiday, again, Thailand, whatever. And um, yeah, when you checked in, they were like, oh, here's a welcome cocktail. And you're not really told what it is. And you go, okay, well, went on holiday. Shame <laughs> if you're alcoholic. Yeah, that's right. So you just go for it. Hi, well, welcome to Thailand. You're going to re- regress now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you'll be here a while. Yeah, you, if you've gone to Thailand, well, you're probably going. You probably are going back on the steps. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell me though, have you seen this movie before? Is this your first time? Uh, no, I just watched it really recently, so I did look at it again for Space Brains. But yeah, I literally came across it about a month or so ago. So yeah, it was just the first time through. Hadn't really heard anything about it myself. Didn't know if it was successful or not. Um, good old M. Night always tickles my sort of fancy way back with Sixth Sense. And I'm, I'm a fan of Signs. I don't I didn't mind The Village as well, Unbreakable. Um, Unbreakable is great. Yeah. You know, um, that's a superhero film I can get behind. Yeah. And recently I actually just watched, oh, bloody forgotten the name of it just off the top of my head, but... It's again. It's it's not science fiction. It's paranormal from him, which it's like two kids go up to grandparents' house, and it's all done through video cameras, a bit Blair Witch style. Oh, right, yeah. And I hadn't watched his any of his latest films, and that one was quite good, I thought as well. And but it's not science fiction. So when I saw this, I thought, oh yeah, he's done another one. But I kind of got the premise: all oh, these people are going to be stuck on this beach, but I didn't know anything beyond that. So I was. You know, I was really in, interested to see what he did with that. Uh, I think you can see his style really quickly because, like you just said, like there's little nuggets of information about what maybe is the truth really quickly, and it's up to you as the audience to pick that up. Um, also, the sort of film style is very intense; like we're really drawn into the story really quickly. And he does do some really abstract things with camera, like you know, really early when the parents were arguing in the hotel, like the camera panned left, followed them into another room and then panned right all the mm. way back into they as they followed back in, they were arguing. He also does have a bit of a focus on kids. He's always had a bit of a focus on children in his stories. And in this one, the parents are arguing and we kind of then ignore the parents and we go back to what the kids are doing. Cool. And the parents are just kind of background noise, you know, um, which is interesting, you know, um, and the kids do heavily focus. So, yeah, it was my first time. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And as I said earlier, I felt once you got into the fun and games of this story, it felt like he just – it really was a perfect example for a writer of <laughs> do the worst to your characters and then kind of take it up another notch. Keep, like, keep going. Like, keep going. Just You're sticking that knife in them and you're making it worse. You know, you're sticking them on an island and there's no way to get off it and – in fact, the worst, you know, it's worse than that. Now there's a storm, you know, and now there's a, someone that's like a murderer and now there's a schizophrenic in your group, you know, like it just seemed like the screwdriver kept turning, you know, and maybe that was because that ticking clock was so obvious because they were getting older and older and older really rapidly, yeah, the, weren't they? the ticking like, clock there really was, affected yeah. me there because you're always going, they've got, to, they've got to try and get off here. They've got to come up with something because they're all going to like, mm. they've got, uh, I don't know what, 10 hours maybe or something yep. left at some point. You're sitting there going, they've got five hours. Yeah. And-, and and as an audience, once we knew what was going actually on, like how quickly they were aging, those little signs like the dog dying and then the grandma dying, it was like, oh, no, this is real. Like you, you guys need to get off this beach. Yeah, if you go, you're if, not going to be saved. No. It's like, not going to be some 
Because I was wondering, is, is this going to be some sort of, you know, fantasy island thing? Yeah. Like some sort of magical... <laughs> like a door open on the ocean and because, someone Well, comes yeah, through. the guy drops him off there. He says, yeah. uh, yes, I'll pick you up at five or if you yeah. want to leave earlier, come out here and phone me. And so I, I, I thought, okay, so at five, we're, go- we're going to have some sort of complete story on this beach mm. about... And they're going to learn something and some bad things are going to happen. Some and then good things time will rewind or something. And then yeah. it'll be five o'clock and they will... They will find their way out through the exit, and it'll be like Narnia. You know, yeah. they'll they'll back out, and they've returned back to, to themselves. Yeah. You know, like yeah. But that would be too nice. That would be too nice for an M Night Shyamalan film. So yeah, for sure. Did you have a favourite scene? Yeah, the, the, well, obviously, again, there's a couple in here. Oh, come on, just pick one. I really liked the rock climbing yeah, scene, right? Because. <laughs> Oh, yeah. what a lovely scene that was. There, was, well, there's, there were a number of these scenes where they sort of have uh, some tension and so yeah. forth, but the rock climbing one was quite good because this was a six-year-old girl. Yeah. And as much as she has grown to be a, I don't know, she would have been about 18 or 20 yeah. at that point. Yeah. She's still a six-year-old. Yeah. Like th- that's sort of that the funny maturity, thing. Is yeah. Like, yeah, the brain function is, is different. Yep. But her knowledge and reasoning is still not really developed. Yeah. But she's climbed this thing, and again, you're sort of thinking she's getting really high, and you're thinking, yeah, could she? Could she make it? Yeah, yeah. You know, because even if she doesn't, fit. I don't know how she's going to save anyone else. Yeah. But at least someone got off, type yeah. of thing. Uh, and then it was just right at the very last minute, and then she falls, <laughs> and shmunk. And I don't know why everyone watches them down. Like I've, yeah. I've often thought about this. If I saw some form, I would not watch that. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't unsee something like that. Mm. Uh, that would that that would be in your nightmares the yeah. whole time. It was a nice pause, wasn't it? Because they were all yelling, and like you, they kind of mm. actually they were saying to her, "Get down, get down!" And then they actually went, "Oh, she might. Oh, yeah, if is she, she gets to that ledge, if she gets that, so there, the, if she get, and, and you know, there's been a tense moment to get there, but oh, she's actually kind of getting there." And like us as an audience, it was almost like a breath. Like mm. there was a deliberate point there and we are then on the ground just looking up at her and she's still and then she just falls back. So there's that nice, you know, just holding that beat. Rips Is she going to... Yeah. Mind you, <laughs> I, I got to say an, another great scene. Which So there's a number of scenes that are kind of like that one yeah, yeah. where they're sort of reaching something and then oh, it doesn't quite work yeah. out or something's a bit crap. But uh, a scene that's quite different uh, is when the kids, as adults, uh, are running away from crazy knife-wielding doctor surgeon. Yep. And they, they retreat into the cave. And in there, that calcium deficiency woman, <laughs> I've got a calcium deficiency. Yeah. Uh, it turns out she actually did. Yeah. So how about that? Uh, she's in there, but she's gone totally yeah. gonzo. Like she's, she's cray-cray, mm. like totally. Yeah. I, I don't even know what variety of mental illness that was but she was having a, a breakdown of yeah. some major she, sort i think she was past the breakdown right <laughs> yeah she was just like viewing a new reality yeah uh with no help and that's when things get bad yeah. and then her bones start breaking it's just mm. that's an absolute horror film right there yeah, that was almost like she's a monster and that really turned my stomach this and was, the, the camera just lingered a bit too long on her <laughs> <laughs> crumpled and disfigured body. Or but, but it was a prom. That was like the promise of the premise a bit there, isn't it? Because like it showed 
because I'd already proven it earlier, as in like someone, the rapper who has a mid-sized sedan. Mid-sized sedan. <laughs> uh, when he gets stabbed, then it like is suddenly a scar, like he's not bleeding. So yeah. it already had demonstrated like the rules of the game, you know, the rules of the story. But then in, with that moment, um, she, when she sort of chases them in the rocks and that, because she is manic, she hits a rock, breaks an arm, the arm twists down. But then, of course, the time is going by, her arm then locks in heels, this rear right? heels into that awkward position and then she hits it again so it's like it's cracking and healing and cracking and healing and it's it is it's that, that it literally killed her because she did it too much she like turned on herself oh, she's thrashing around yeah and so it's a real that to me was a real cool scene in that it's the promise of the premise to the extreme. You know, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, how could you really demonstrate the time is ticking really fast by someone dying, like, in rocks, manically crushing themselves to death, basically? Like, because there's was, only so many breaks uh, and you that, can have. that whole like, sequence there, I, like, M. Night has done a few spooky parts. Uh, Science has got some spooky yeah, parts. Yeah. The village has got some spooky parts. Uh, Sixth Sense has got mm. some spooky parts. And... I would like to see him do like a full-on horror. Oh, yeah. Like, particularly yeah. with a bit of a twist or something in there mm. um, because he sort of has a bit of an imagination there which is not typically horror. Yeah. But it's still horrifying. Yeah, well, that other film, and I'll, I'll have to look up the name of it now, it's the one where the two teenagers go um, out to the grandparents and that has a lot of more horror in it. It's not called The Grandparents? There is a movie uh, called The Grandparents. No, it's not. I, oh, I kind of just watched it on a whim. It was one of those ones and it's like 90 minutes exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, and because I haven't, After Earth was the last one I watched of his and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, all right, give it a go. And it, it's really, it's more the traditional horror film. Yeah. Yeah, and it's done in that Blair Witch. And there is, there's horrific moments in it oh. like that. You've sold me. Yeah, yeah, no, you do check it. I can't remember the name. I'm going to have to look it up. But uh, if you know the name, let me know. <laughs> well, did you know that there was a movie that had Jack Nicholson I and did. Marlon Brando in it? Yes, I did. Do you I know did. the name of it? No, I don't know the name of it. What is it called, sorry? The Missouri Breaks. Ah, right. Bonus 1976 points. American Western. Chocolate movie. Frogs for those of you out there that guessed it. Yes. <laughs> I, I when it was mentioned so much in the movie, I just I kept, I was the same. I, I should Google that. Like I don't know it. Well, off I was wondering though, is this a fake fake movie? Yeah, is it a fake? Is movie? he confused? Is he confused that there there wasn't? Is like who knows? Yeah. Was there something science fiction you liked in this film? Yeah. Well, I liked the purity of the science researchers scene when they were like, oh, you know, none of these people survived whatever it is, experiment number, blah, 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 is done. And yes. I liked that little spiel in that moment the concierge gave and it's on to the next group, you know, and we're doing, like you said, the man side, the justification of the ethics or the morals of it was, you know, uh, well, uh, who was it? The epileptic woman. That was the example they gave, yeah, wasn't so it? They were like, so they're one of the characters in, the, in this story is epileptic and they were like, oh, she survived 12 years without her medicine, you know, the equivalent on this beach or whatever, yeah. without having an episode. So the treatment works kind of thing. We yeah. can delay, um, you know, these episodes. But, you know, like for, for an epileptic saying, I think it was 16 hours or something. Yeah, was. yeah, yeah. So you could, 16 years. 16 years, So yeah, if you can imagine, yeah. if you could just take, uh, you know, a, a pill, a or, pill whatever, or, or whatever, a shot. Every sixteen or so yeah, years, a huge difference, isn't like, it? Like I mean, and it stops the seizures. You don't, you don't be getting like you know four or five treatments in a mm, lifetime. Yep, yeah. So, 
I, I just liked that. It wasn't so much, I suppose, science fiction, but I liked, I mean, it was because hopefully scientists out, out there aren't really doing that. Well, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, that moral, about, cool, moral standard. We talked about that um, Chinese geneticist playing with babies. So Yeah. But even that was called out. I think something like this would be called out if this was happening in reality pretty quickly, I'd imagine, by the science uh, community. Yeah, if they were published. <laughs> um, could they really publish these findings? I don't know. But, yeah, so I liked that, and I liked that it's mixed. Like, the beach itself is not explained. Like, the beach is like a natural anomaly. Yeah, like it's something it's, to do with the rocks around the cliff there. Yeah, yeah. So that, and that's not explained, doesn't need to be explained. It's just part of... The setting and these scientists have discovered it and so that's the case so to me that was the bit that i just i just actually liked how we had that moral dilemma with the scientists yeah it was good to see because it i think it was important to show that they're not just a bunch of evil sons of yeah bitches you know they 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 have you know they have produced and, and it's hinted that they've produced numerous very powerful and effective treatments being able to study a lifetime in a day which is, is true because one of these problems you get is, uh, you know, what are the long-term side effects uh, or how yeah. well does, um, you know, drug XYZ work? Mm. And they sort of study it for like six months or 12 months or whatever and they go, well, it seems pretty good. And then they put it in and there's like, you get something like thalidomide where it causes, you know, massive birth defects. Yeah. But that's kind of a, a very delayed because... It takes, well, at minimum, it's going to take nine months. And it doesn't cause birth defects in everyone who takes mm. the drug. Yeah. So it takes a population to take it over years mm. to then get, and, you know, in any given population, there's going to be a certain number of birth yep. defects. And, but on the island here, you could very quickly accelerate that. You know, in a yes. day or two, they, they could just test it on a couple pregnant women that go in there and then bingo, they, yeah. they found out. They go, well, that's not a good one. That's right. That seems to cause, you know, unicornism, which is, which <laughs> which is, is fine. But which no, is great if you're a unicorn, yeah, but if you're a human, you that. shouldn't be a unicorn. Unless that's you it. can be, in which case you should be. So moving on, sidestepping into the world of science, we have the Science Fiction Film Festival coming science out. Science Fiction Film Festival. By the time you're listening to this, you should have already got your ticket. I think we're yes. going to be very close to the festival. The tickets are on sale now. They are. We have announced the author. We've got a workshop with a science fiction author, Amanda Bridgman. Yeah, She has written uh, numerous books, a couple of series, the Aurora series, mm, which yep. I think she's got about six or seven books on that one. Wow. That's wow. sort of a military sci-fi. Yep. And then she has this um, psycho-criminal near-future sci-fi mm, called the, the Salvation series. So that's yep. the subjugate uh, is the first book of that one. And that has been taken for development as a new TV series. Awesome. Cool. So that's cool. She'll be presenting a bit of a workshop there about science fiction writing. Yep. And then who did we just secure as our filmmaker workshop presenter? Ben Young. Ben so Young. Ben Young is a West Australian feature filmmaker uh, who has an extensive career, uh, first of all, locally in Australia. He's made an award-winning uh, drama feature film here in Western Australia called Hounds of Love. And then he's moved on after that. The success of that was critically successful, quite a few different festivals around the world. Um, he moved into the Netflix feature, sci-fi feature film, Extinction. Extinction. Which is available on Netflix. Go check it out. Uh, and then since then as well, he's continues part of that clickbait series on Netflix. Netflix, 
uh, and recently just finished another feature film in the States with Billy Bob Thornton. So he's the real deal. He's a big filmmaker, very successful, does call West Australian home. So very proud to kind of bring him back to WA and have him featured. He will be doing a filmmaker workshop. So if you're someone interested in that, he's also an extensive scriptwriter. He's written a lot of his own stuff. I, I think to um, be a director, you probably end up being a you scriptwriter. <laughs> so, he, you know, he's had this experience on the kind of Australian film scene. He's had the, the critical success around festivals. He's made a big science fiction action film, you know, with Netflix. And he's also now recently worked with, and he's worked in TV as well, if that's your kind of cup of tea. Um, and also, you know, just coming back from the States off another big feature. So he knows his way around, I think, everything of filmmaking. So it's going to be a great, hopefully, hands-on workshop with him. And he speaks our language, West he Australianese. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so we're super excited. He's locked in. And um, if you haven't got a ticket, get a ticket. What are you waiting for? And go watch some of his films. You get yeah. clickbait and Extinction on Netflix yep. right now. Yep. And you can, Hounds of Love, you can stream that. Yep. Uh, it's like you know, probably four ninety nine on no, Google Play. Right. And, you know, he might get 20 cents from that or something. Yeah. So, you know, come on, support the artist. You know? Yeah, he might. Someone gets something out of that. Um, but, yeah, it's great. Great that we can announce him. So Saturday, the 21st of May, it's all happening in Mandra. Head on down, buy a ticket, spend the day down here, you know, shop around town, restaurants, pubs, whatever. It tickles your fancy, bring the whole family. Uh, You can get a ticket for the workshops and the Red Carpet Film Festival side of things because we didn't just say that, actually. Uh, We're also showing films. We've got got a whole lot of movies to get through between now and our notification notification dates. Yep, so plenty of young filmmakers out. Well, by the time this episode comes out, it might be about then, I think. Oh, about pretty close to that. So (laughs) we we will have been, we will have going to been. Yeah, we're going to get really sci-fi'd. To talking time travel language, yes. We will have already been probably going to blow our eyeballs to pieces yeah, with, with some great sci-fi, sci-fi. <laughs> so, <laughs> which i'm excited about but because it's short sci-fi films it's exciting oh we've got some features too we've got a but yeah we have features as well yeah we've, we've got plenty we ended up having a whole bunch submitted mandra australian west australian and international so i'm excited it's gonna it's gonna be amazing. If you're someone out there that has submitted, get ready to be notified and also reach out. Let us know about your experience submitting and being part of the festival. So let's get stuck into some details about old. Old. Uh, we're going to talk about a bit about the plot. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the symbolism. We're going to talk a little bit about um, you know the filming, editing style. We kind of mentioned some of those bits before. So just before we get into that. We have mentioned M. Night a few times based on that graphic novel, Sandcastle. Pierre now, Oscar. You can have a go. Levy. 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 And Frederick Peters. Okay. I don't know good. how to pronounce it. I know. Fred- Frederick is probably, I don't know, South Korean, you know, <laughs> for all I know. <laughs> for all we know. If you're out there listening, come correct Sorry, Give him a slap like Will Smith. And uh, get him to correct your name. So, look, there's a whole bunch of just what I would call working actors in this film, sorry. Like, some have had some big success on different levels, but we're not dealing with those actors like Will Smith and Chris Rock on stage slapping each other. We're dealing with kind of the good old, you know, mix of of working actors. So, there's a whole bunch in there. Gail Garcia, Vicky Creeps, I think, or Kreps, uh, Rufus Selwell, Alex Wolfe. Thomason McKenzie, Abby Lee, Nikki Amuku Bird, Ken Lung, 
Eliza Scallon and Aaron Perry. So there's a whole bunch of you know really good actors. I thought the diversity in this cast was really interesting. So did I did I get it right? The surgeon, the Rufus Sewell, mm. was he from Dark City? Yeah, he might have been. I, I think he was a, the, the protagonist I didn't, in Dark City. I think he City. might have been too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be. Yeah, now that you're saying that, I'm like, ah, oh, okay, yeah. And, I mean, look, as I said, a lot of these guys are working actors and, and it was something that um, you might not recognise their names, but you probably recognise their faces. And as you've just said, yeah, he was from Dark City. Dark City, one of the uh, earlier films we did. Yeah. You can tell his, his uh, cheekbones yes. to it. Yeah, um, but they're all really outstanding. They play. I liked the diversity of this cast as well. Like it seemed like such an interesting cast. I, I like liked- it wasn't just the white Americans on holiday. You know, like it was a it was a weird mix of cultures and customs and age groups involved in this, wasn't it? And good old mid-sized sedan, <laughs> Aaron Pierre. What a unique look he had. Yeah, his eyes in particular. Uh, and he's, yeah, just the, the way, way he held himself. The way he held quite... himself, yeah. He was sort of obviously very uh, muscular arms mm. and shoulders and things, but not, I, I don't know, he, he moved with a greater grace than you'd expect. Yeah. I, I sort of got like a a um, mixed feelings from him, which I think was the idea because yeah. he was, he's meant to be this, you know, a bad boy rapper. Yeah. But in person, he was quite sort of quietly spoken and, you know, Mild and seemed reasonably even rational. though he was all you know cut and stuff, he, he was kind of small in his movements. And mm. yeah, I, I thought that was really quite good. Yeah, yeah, and he was quite reserved, wasn't he? Which kind of added to that mystery. Um, it was filmed in the Dominic Republic. Um, the beach itself was the player El Valle Samana, something like that. Now, it had a pretty modest uh, budget, I thought, 18 mil, and it's returned yeah. globally 90 million, so hugely successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a, a good quadruple. return. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's a good good return on your investment. I mean, it's so, no Marvel Cinematic Universe, but... No, but yeah, four times what you invested in it. It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty it's going to work out okay. Because if you spend 200 million on a Marvel movie and you return a bit, it's the same, isn't it? Like you return 800 million, it's the same return. Oh, 3.3 billion or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'd be pretty happy with those returns and I think we might see good old M. Night suddenly being a name thrown around again because that's very that's quite a good profit there. So we like to break our narrative down. We'll do this pretty quickly into some common elements of story that you're probably used to. Well, considered good story and what the good script writing teachers will te- will tell you about. So that old-fashioned three-act structure, which is broken down into specific moments or beats. What's the first one? Sorry. Well, it's called Act One. Oh, surprise. One out of three. So the it, first third. It, it's the introduction. It will bring in the main characters. It will set up a few of their problems, maybe a few of their desires mm. or initial sort of goals. Yep. Uh, it will also then show uh, an opening... Like you'll get either a single image or like a little montage or some sort of a, a sweeping view which gives you a feeling of what this what their lives are like going into the film mm. so you can contrast that later. Yep. But it'll also um, introduce like themes. And in, the, in this film, of course, we see that they come in on their little combi van or whatever, their little minibus, and we get all of that. Yeah, uh, We get... Quite importantly, towards the end of this, we get what's called the catalyst or the inciting incident. Mm. It's the point where you suddenly realise what the film is about. 
That's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah, yeah. At, at some point, and it's it's often at twelve minutes. Yeah. It it can be you know some movies are a bit slower burning might be fifteen minutes mm. like but it's still pretty close that in that first bit yeah you should be able to go this film is going to be about X Y Z yeah it might change like this movie could change or, or you know whatever but in the, in this film we certainly get that same point mm. you get a bit of a debate whether whether people are going to go into that you know how this incident is going to is it going to motivate them yep and it does. And they move into Act Two. What do yeah. they call Act Two? Act Two. Oh. <laughs> the two out of three part. It's quite often the juicier part of the film. It's quite often the trailer of the film to begin with. And we call that like the fun and games. And here the character is going on the journey to basically try at first to just simply resolve that catalyst, aren't they? Like to take that catalyst head on, that journey. And there will be fun and games throughout. If they're like this, stuck on a beach, it's going to be the rules of being stuck on the beach and the problems of being stuck on the beach. Another beach film like... Um, Castaway with Tom Hanks you know the fun and games is him realizing he's stuck on a beach and how's he going to eat and drink and he can't start a fire and all those kind of things so mm. that's the fun and games of any film it's like the trailer it's maybe not anything too serious but it's their journey being played out in what we might consider the fun and games yeah if it is a film about a serial killer well then the fun and games might be literally people dying but that's the fun and games of it. You know, that's the, the cop hunting a serial killer. But we get to a point which is exactly bang in the middle of the film. Then they call that the midpoint. The midpoint. <laughs> the middle bit. Uh, the midpoint needs to kind of shift a gear. And quite often they do say that's either like a false victory. So it feels like you've had a win the, or the main character's had a bit of a win or things are actually now getting worse again. So it's yeah. like getting more serious. So the, it's no longer fun, whatever we're doing. It's now super serious. And then we kind of go into some analogies like bad guys close in or all is lost and the dark night. So basically things are just getting worse and worse and worse for our protagonists. Uh, it is important that there is a moment there, some, some bit before we get to act three where something dies or someone or even the death symbolically of something. It could be the death of a business, you know, so... Or the death of a beach full of people. It could be, it could be. And in some films, this can be a bit confusing, like this one, to pick it because people did die throughout the whole story yes. um, but it is there still is that moment and I'll tell you what I thought often it wasn't I think it, it involves the B story yeah it, so does, it quite often does yeah and the B it could be the death of a relationship so that could also be the thing but um, the what happens then of course is everything has gone so pear-shaped that the main character the protagonist needs to go oh can I even go on can I climb that last little bit of the mountain can I get off this damn beach And there's like a bit of a lull before the storm. And in that, they need to think, I can. And if they do, that goes into... Act three. Mm. Assuming you have a three-act structure film. Not all of them have had that, as we found. No. But uh, act three is the finale, of course. And this is where this this desire to complete uh, means you've got to come up with a plan and you've got to execute it. And, of course, we get like a little compression of the whole uh, act two down here where we have tiny little maybe a minute of of doing the plan successfully and then you have a midpoint of the plan turning and failing. Uh, I haven't actually described this in the same way, but it's it's just occurred to me now that this kind of getting like a, what do you call it in a a musical where you have the reprise, isn't it? Where you sort of have like the main theme sung again at the end. Yes. Similar sort of thing. So 
there's something something seems to be uh, turns on the main characters, and yeah. that's where they've got to learn and and use something from their past or something they've picked up or understood. Yeah, they bring all those skills back to the table. Everything in. Yeah. And this leads us then to the true finale yeah. where victory or total loss occurs, whichever, yep. depending on the sort of film it is. And we get a final image, which it gives us that offset against that opening image so we, we can see. It's like you can imagine uh, the mountain climbing is the top of the mountain and they look back at the trail they've just walked down and mm. they can see the home they started in and yeah. now they can see where they're up the top of the hill. Yeah. And that's what we get here. Is we yeah, get, the bookends. We get, we get the bookends. We, we get the, the, the view on how everything is now. Mm. And I mean, I've, so for this film, I've kind of gone through and some of those, most of those beat points that we've just gone through, I've actually given them a bit of a, a point because <laughs> I felt that this film did it really to the T. It was spot on. So to me, it's like this opening image is a holiday for people who are not connected. So because we open into this van with this family and really not connected. No, it's like they're, really they're obvious they're that... They're talking next to each other, by, yeah, past each other. They are. And they, they, the theme, of course, the movie's called Old. Yeah. And they keep talking about, oh, you're too young. Yeah. Oh, am, am I old enough to go scuba diving yet? No, you're too young. Yeah. And you're always thinking of the future. Why don't you live in the present? Mm. And yeah, these sort of themes keep getting thrown at us, which is kind of a bit of confusion because you're thinking, I, I mean, that's what the theme of the film is, but it's not really necessarily the story. No. And it's like cool. to me, the theme as well, there actually is that moment in the van where the husband kind of goes, uh, you know, because she's on her phone laughing, giggling, whatever, and the mum, and he's like, yeah, are, you're, you're, are you being present? Like, are you here with us? Yeah. And she kind of like shrugs him off as well. So, I mean, there's duality going on there. A, M. Night is showing us the couple aren't super close, but it's also on that thematic level, it's saying, well, they're not connected actually. Like there's an issue with connection here. And I think that is important because as you get older, it's like keeping those connections with people, those friendships, relationships, whatever. And she was ignoring and she's like chewing up time, isn't she? You know, yeah. if, you, if you knew that you're going to die as fast as these people are going to die in this film, you wouldn't have left your children to sit in the back seat and not talk to them, right? Yeah. You'd be talking to them every second. Yeah, and, and you'd be yeah enjoying uh, what's going on around you yeah. rather than looking into your phone. Yes. Which is oh, nothing wrong with looking into your phone, no. but, but maybe sometimes there's other things and people that could do with your attention. Yeah. So we have this married couple, Guy and Prasika, uh, going through, we find out through their arguing in this setup that they are actually going through a divorce. The holiday was a bit of a last attempt to kind of, try to make the divorce a bit happier for the kids. Yeah, they wanted to have the holiday before the divorce. Yeah, yeah. and um, their kids are Madison and Trent. So they take them to this beautiful tropical resort. As I kind of mentioned earlier, I've been on a couple of trips like this. You kind of, you're in a jungle or you're in this sort of magical resort by a beach or something. It's very secluded. My honeymoon was a bit like that in um, uh, Seminac as well where you're, yeah, you're off the beaten track and then you're just right on this beach resort on the mm. beach style. So, yeah, you, you you are kind of excluded from, you know, the every normal society, city, well, Western society. I was exactly the same there on uh, my honeymoon mm. as well. We're on like a resort. It was not just secluded from Western society, but it was, you know, re- removed from the major city it was next yeah. to. It was kind yeah. of a, a separate mm. 
oasis, if yeah. you like. Yep, yep. So it's very normal, and that's what this film is sort of like. It seems like it's a peaceful environment. The hotel is this beautiful thing. They get, as Surrey mentioned, there was a little bit of a nod here that they get these specially tailored cocktails when they check in. And as they're doing that, the kids also meet and befriend this um, resort manager's nephew, Idib, I think his name was. Yeah. Uh, I believe I, that's what I wrote down. And so they start to build a little bit of a, a real kid. And this is what I mean. Like there's a few moments and M. Night is guilty of doing this and it's quite a cute way he does this. He kind of brings us in on the kid level a bit. You know, the, the kids have their own little conversation. That scene then on the beach where they go around and they interrogate people for uh-huh. a couple of minutes, like they just ask some really random questions and then move on. I thought it was really clever because it was teaching the audience some information about these characters because we learned that this guy on the beach is a police officer, you know, and then he's not in the film, I guess, until right at the end. Right. Perfect, right? Like, so, but the kids ask these questions as a father, you know, that kids do this kind of crap. Mm. They go up to randoms and go, oh, how are you? What do you do for a living, you know? Or what car do you drive or something? Just totally, how much money do you make? (laughs) And people are like, huh? But uh, so there's kind of all this sort of set up at the start. Also, again, with the kids, like the parents argue and they they have this game with I did where he's given them uh, what kids quite often did. I remember I did this as a kid as well. Spy you, codes. Yeah, spy codes. You make yeah. up a language system or a symbol system and you put what you know codes in it and it's again it's a little clever clever chestnut because uh when they go on their trip to the beach i i did leaves him a message leaves him his last um, one yeah yeah and so, well, the funny thing is because i thought that one was the let's get ice cream yeah ice cream eating contest i think was the <laughs> yeah the message yeah i like this setup because i think one of the real crafts that you get from a good director writer is this way of you've got 10, 12 minutes mm. before the catalyst. Yeah. So, and often maybe you need a couple of minutes to get leading into it. Yeah. So you've got, say, 10 minutes and you've got to meet really all the characters. Up, you've yeah. got to get all of the initial conflicts and mm. interactions and relationships hammered out. Yeah. And then you've got to maybe make it seem natural yeah. at the same time. Like, <laughs> you're so not you're just, just spelling just it all out. It. And I was watching this and I actually sort of quickly checked to see what minute we're up to. Yeah. Because we're, we're following these kids having a little adventure thing and like the people are sitting talking about having a calcium deficiency <laughs> and yeah, these sort of things you go, okay, this is, it's almost like a, an Agatha Christie at this stage yeah. where you sort of yeah. here are all of the suspects. Yeah. You know, and they've got to really squeeze that in before the, the catalyst. Yes. So to me, the catalyst was the hotel manager coming up and saying to them, oh, there's a special beach you need to go to. No, and uh, the, plane, we on- the plane. We only <laughs> give it to uh, little people. We only give it to very special people. <laughs> I was expecting you to say, just give me $100 and I'll take you to the very special beach. Your wife will love it. You know. <laughs> oh, see, that's the difference. The taxi driver outside the resort yeah. does that. Yeah, that's right. The concierge inside has already paid well enough. Yeah, that's right. So they d- And Ibid does tell them... Does he actually? No, he's just told off. Isn't yeah, he? he's for ta- told. Don't he's, go in there. You yeah. can play with those kids. Yeah, don't play with those kids. Yeah. They're the wrong kids, They're wrong the sort wrong. of kids to yeah. play with. Yeah, and so that's a nice little kind of like you know leeway into something's going wrong here. Yeah, I know. No, I was at that point. We know the movie's older, and if you've seen any of the trailer at all, you sort of have this idea. Yeah, that something's yeah. going to happen on this beach, yeah. and being the catalyst, you know. Okay, here's this sudden. It's not out of the blue, but it's like. Here is a, an interruption in what seems to be the current yeah. process of like lounge around the pool, 
going around swimming. And they're talking, arguing. The parents are still arguing. arguing. And he had this interruption. Go to the beach. Yeah. And he tells off the kid and you're like, no, not those kids. Play with those kids. You know, and then, you, yeah, you don't know what's going on there, but you do know we're about to, this is the movie. The movie so, now is starting. Yeah. And that, so the catalyst there is they're invited to the beach and that can be a catalyst basically. Now the guy that drives the bus to the beach mm. is good old M. Oh, yes. yes, yes. I was going to say he appears in most of his films. He appears in all of his films as some sort of character. And this one he took up the, you know, he's the bus driver. And then actually we learn later he's also the the spy watching it via the camera and stuff. So it was a nice little kudos. And he does the mirror shot, which he's done in a couple other films of himself. He likes to do that reflection in the rear view mirror. Oh, yes. I think it's a little acknowledgement to the Hitchcock kind of era. So, which he's talked about is it was a big influence on him as a filmmaker was Hitchcock and Hitchcock was always in his movies. Oh, if you haven't um, seen any Hitchcock films, you got to go catch yourself. Yeah, you do. You so, do. I mean, some Learn of them you're kind of watching. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. But there's a few of them there that like you just oh, they're really brilliant good. ones. They're, yeah. You, they're they're like uh, you can see where other movies have, have yeah, borrowed from for sure style yeah. and and some of the twists and things like there's. Uh, uh, as a, I won't go into it, but anyway, yeah. there was at, at some stage SBS had a series. Yeah, yeah. SBS yeah. being a, a channel here, here locally in Australia. Australia. Like, yeah. if you listen to us in, in the US or, or somewhere else, which I do know that you. Where do, do I get this SBS? Yeah, uh, we well, can actually <laughs> stream it live. They have yeah. iView, and there's some great international mm. films yeah. there. There is, there is. They play a lot of international films, which is good for the Australian context because the public, the other sort of channels don't. Uh, so this debate part, sorry, I called, what's wrong with this beach? What is wrong with it? <laughs> so we kind of get to the beach. It's this beautiful thing. There's this weird man just standing sitting there with a the nosebleed, just sitting there, like not doing anything. I know no one seems to notice him at first. No, no one notices him at there. first. It also, sorry, just the little context before that is we don't just have our main family come on. We do have this other family with the surgeon and the grandma and the dog. And this blonde wife that's far younger than the surgeon with the calcium deficiency. With the calcium deficiency. <laughs> so there's, they've all come onto the beach and it seems like a little bit odd, this beach. Like considering it's so nice, yeah, it just doesn't have that same vibe to it, does it? It sort of seems a bit tonally. Well, do you know what I noticed here was when they were walking through, we got some slow-mo shots of them going through almost dreamy-like and camera shots from inside the crevices yeah. as they passed by, yeah, yeah. almost like they're passing a, a barrier. Yeah. And yeah. when I was watching it, I thought, this is just like Picnic at Hanging Rock. Yes. And yeah. then I, afterwards I went and read a bit about this film and M. Knight said, oh, I took a lot of inspiration from the Australian film Picnic at Hanging Rock. Yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't seen Picnic at Hanging Rock, it's um, – who, who did that was um, Peter Weir? Peter Weir, yeah, yes. that's it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a Peter Weir. It's sort of – it's oh, I don't it's know like how to describe it. It's a sort of a surreal horror, horror drama. Drama coming of age film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. It's like you, you <laughs> yeah. should watch it. It's yeah, quite good. It's it very is. interesting and – and you, you, it's one of those movies that you feel a bit awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah. And by the end, you, you leave it at the end and you're still thinking to yourself, did I like that film or did, <laughs> did, does that make me feel... It's a film that lingers with you. That's yeah, the thing. It's, yeah, it's quite good. Yeah. Uh, and it was clearly inspired here, this going through these rocks, the, the music, the slow-mo. So a lot of kind of like pull focus, like drawing our attention to this, the setting, right? Mm. Like, yeah, and uh, they were... 
awkwardly carrying those baskets and stuff. Yeah, big you know, oversized, like, yeah, heavy. big oversized things, and and they said, "Oh no, we do know that children get very hungry." Yeah, yeah, you know, you know so it's, yeah. But anyway, but there was that sort of division, wasn't it? It was like you're walking from here to here. Yeah, and passing through there's a portal. Something there's a portal. Yeah, and we we had a look at we've seen this in a couple of films. Yeah, for example, like Doomsday, where yeah. they they're in the the Doomsday post-apocalyptic Glasgow. Mm. Then they they pass through the military tunnels. They did, yeah, through into that tunnel. King Arthur Land. Yeah, and it totally and changes. And it's the same thing. That, you know, it's going through the wardrobe to Narnia, isn't yep. it? This is we've gone through the rocks. And the scenery has changed because they're not surrounded by jungle. Now it's beach and cliffs. So what's wrong with this beach? What starts to happen is the tone of it doesn't, to me, I've seen lots of beaches. I've been on some of those real tropical ones. We've got some beautiful beaches in Mandra. Uh, it didn't have the nice vibe. And then so what happens pretty rapidly is that we just, the, the body of mid-sized sedan, who's this sort of mystery guy just sitting in the rocks yeah. <laughs> uh, with a nosebleed, they suddenly discover this young woman's dead body. Uh, he explains that she went swimming and she had, what did she have? MS. MS. And she went swimming right out. She was like a, I think he describes her like a superwoman swimmer or yeah. Olympic athlete. Fantastic. She went right out to sea and then she just disappeared. Yeah. And of course, the suspicion there is like, oh no, you've probably, you've probably killed her. So yeah, they that's, kind of that's kind of a, a a big leap, but it was it was done by the surgeon first. Yeah, he's like, yeah. you killed it, you know, like yeah, well, like that's kind of a leap. He doesn't really seem very killing. No, but he also isn't like it's a great example here of like he doesn't speak up for himself. No, he, he doesn't, doesn't bother. He doesn't himself, defend no. himself. So that's always like in a movie that implies a bit of guilt, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> um, and it's and what he, what the filmmakers doing there is it's like toying with us as an audience, kind of saying, well, what side do you think? What's your bias? What's your stereotype? I'm, well, I mean, we're you definitely know, black getting... man. Are you believe in the black man? Or are you believe in the surgeon? The surgeon. He's a white he's surgeon. A white he's man handsome. Surgeon. He's, he's clearly he's, wealthy. Yeah, he's clearly wealthy. He's clearly smart, and he's putting two and two together for us. You know, so and then. What starts to happen here is the dog dies and then the grandma dies. And so there is something seriously wrong with this beach. Yeah, and they wrong. kind of realise then in that time, and this to me is perfect to go to the break into two, is we're ageing fast. They yeah, suddenly the kind of like kids, put it together. We, we stop seeing the kids. We still yeah. only see little, you know, off cuts of them. You know, like in, yeah. Oh, the, your shorts don't fit. Fit, Quite fit, kind of the a bit mother's wrong. going, oh, well, get some of your dad's stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, they're going interviewing the other people on the beach. Yeah. The same thing, and we're only getting like the, you know, the daughter's a bit behind. older. Yeah. We're seeing their hair type of thing. Yeah, and they're a bit taller and a bit Which sort it, of like... As an audience, maybe you're sucking suspicious here. Yeah. Like, show me, show me, show me. <laughs> What's going on? And wasn't that a great way of shooting it? You know, like mm. the filming it, it wasn't just literally... You could have done it with digital special effects, like, you know, the face is, like, growing and they're moving and, you know, like a puppy dog kind of that, boop, 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 you know, blowing up sort of feeling and stuff. I, I don't know why I just went, boop, 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 like you could see me. But, yeah, your arms blowing up bigger quickly. They were just slowly aging, so they were just kind of literally growing. And so the parents were very much... It was also nice that the parents were like, oh, your bathers are a bit tight. You're They're not quite... Okay, well, do you want to... Yeah, just put on a jacket or... Just put something else on, you know, you'll be fine. Yeah. And I guess as parents we do do that. But it, he never chose to show us. And even when they – even there's a moment there, I think all the adults go off. Maybe it's when the grandma dies. And, yeah, I think they do. And the 
children you see are eating, devouring, but you don't actually really see them. No. Again, you see like shots of legs and arms and they're eating, they're talking about, oh, so hungry. Oh, and there's just like arms reaching for food and stuff. So it's really kept as a mystery. It's really nice that, but really the break into two is them realizing, hang on, we are aging. Something's going wrong here. There's a comment. The dog just arced and died. My mum's just up and died. This woman was swimming and she's died. What's going oh, and they, on? And here? they go back and find a skeleton. They do, yeah, yeah. And then the the uh, woman Prisca, whatever her name is. Yes. That's right. Yes, We're terrible with character names. We are, we are, yeah, Prisca. Names, oh, Prisca. Look, names Prisca. aren't our strong point. No. Prisca is a museum curator of yeah. uh, antiquities. She's worked with a lot of yeah, skeletons. Fossils and, and stuff, stuff. yeah. And, and she says, yeah, it takes seven years. Yeah. It takes seven Years for the skeleton to be shown. Yeah. Like, you go, well, it's not going to be seven hours, is it? Yeah. Or seven minutes, as this case. Yeah. And that's, yeah, they, they sort of put the maths together that's and going, realize, oh, hold on. hang on. Yeah. And so we get that great reaction. It's like fun and games to me because it's like, well, let's get off this beach. It's crazy. And, <laughs> We're and aging. Because so, we, we see the kids as well, don't we? we yeah. See, like they're looking at the kids. The kids are older. Like they're like, they're sort of like teenagers now. Yeah. They're not kids anymore and there's and everyone's and then that's right the parents start saying to they say to the surgeon like something's wrong with my kids like they've obviously eaten something or they're having a reaction <laughs> or what's going on wrong here and check him out and and the surgeon does he, he says his daughter has biologically aged yeah she was like, six years old she's six years old now, now she's, she's probably she's, 11 or yeah, something, or something yeah. like that and with that one of them also tries to go back to the trail yeah and goes into who did that first up dad Guy. Dad. Dad? Yeah, guy. He... Guy, yeah, guy, guy. Uh, the guy so the guy. guy, the guy, the guy. Um, He goes back in and he suddenly like goes into the cave and we get a bit of a distorted vision and then he's just lying back on the beach. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you just tumbled backwards and... Stagger, he, stagger back out here and fell over. Fell over and he can't remember. And it's nicely edited because as an audience it was the same. We walked into the cave and it's just now we're on the beach. So it kind of is giving us the rules of the game that you can't just... Go back the way you came. Yeah, that well, see, that's where things got a little bit serious for yeah. me, of course, because at this point I was thinking, oh yeah, we're going to get a bit of an aging thing. We're going to have like a bit of a, you know, a, a, a learning. Everyone's mm. going to have their. Uh, I learned that I should have appreciated my mother more because mm. she just died, and yeah. uh, you know, the kids. You know, we were so busy arguing about stuff that we missed the kids growing up. Well, yeah, I thought that was the sort of story we're going to learn, and then they'll leave the beach. And magic will happen. Mm. I mean, I, I kind of couldn't figure out how that would work in this film. Yeah, but I still, had, I still. Well, you have the hope, right? Like, that like you hope that they're going to get off. When this guy goes and staggers back out, you go, oh, "Okay, mm. nope, not like that." Yes, and what's good here is the B story to me is Guy and Prisca. Yes, their their relationship, their marriage. Yes, and um, so they do. They have a moment in this. You know, there's a good beat, isn't there? That they literally at this point in realizing they're stuck on the beach. It's actually like a tense moment. That I'm not sure if it's guy. I think guy might be like, yeah, we don't. We've never connected properly. You know, like we've, he kind of confronts her over that, but and she dismisses him over. You know, oh, we've got to look after the kids. You know, something's going wrong here. We've got to sort this out. So it's kind of a dismissed thing, but it's a nice beat because we're guys trying to bring it to the front. Um, but yeah, in this, this is where we start to get. Um, they can't just walk out of the beach. Uh, Charles cuts mid-sized sedan with that pocket knife. 
and we see that the it heals really rapidly. Yeah, you know, but also Charles is a little bit. Yeah, at this he's point, he's a bit you know, on edge. You're a bit like, oh, I don't know about you. You've you know, moved like, fairly quickly from yeah. being this sort of level-headed surgeon to cutting a guy. Yeah, for yeah no I think he's reason. mentioned that movie that you said before yeah. once already, and then now he's cut a guy, and he's just been a little bit thing. We then Guy and Prisca as well. They go back to their marriage, and in this bit, they actually do argue and deny that they're not as close as they should have been in the past. Like they should have been there for each other. They had yeah. these moments that they weren't. So here we're kind of, the relationship is moving a bit because it's, they're now having an intimate moment of realizing it's that, that episode you see in every sitcom yeah. or TV series yeah, where we didn't look after the, our relationship. Where the couple gets stuck in a car in a yeah. blizzard. And so now they're forced to yes. work it out over the, you know, before they get rescued. Now, in terms of the camera work, all through this, especially this fun and games bit, you noticed it was the same with the kids. We were kind of not seeing stuff. And likewise here, we were starting to have cameras were, the camera kind of was like, they were having their argument, but the camera was like panning away from them. So yes. they're the focus. They are the focus. But it's doing that to kind of show us that in the background, the kids are now a bit older again. And also, Charles is kind of off. And you, you've got a lot of... You know, being a bit suspicious. And there was this great moment, I remember, when they were having this little argument that we kind of just kept seeing what the other characters were doing. Yeah, we and it was a real like, feeling of of almost like a single shot movie. Yeah. And, 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 and also, I think it was, it was showing us that each character was tr- like dealing with it and... De- aging in a weird way and also the ominous feeling of it and they were not definitely not like in another film you could have gone let's work together guys we're going to get off this beach together it felt like they were quite separate and alone almost yeah the um psychologist woman kept trying to you know use her craft yeah to, to get everyone to come together and talk and work it out but no one was all that interested and it certainly got broken then by the tumor incident. Yeah. Where the, the little tumor, totally benign. Oh, no, now it's just expanding and growing. <laughs> the size it of does it. grow so rapidly, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, and this, this scene of cutting it out was, this was kind of like the, um, okay, you wanted some fun and games. Yeah. Here, here it is. Like, here's the yeah. real bit. Yeah. Like a- they, they cut. And then it heals over. Yeah. He cuts again, it heals over. Yeah. And then they go, well, let's get our fingers in there and hold it open. You think, <laughs> yeah. oh, how horrifying I know. is that? And they do. They literally they do. cut and they have to continually hold this flesh apart. Mm. And he pulls it out. He, he does. He stops and goes, you yeah, that movie. You know, he talks about the movie. <laughs> but then he gets this thing and he goes, oh, my God, look at this. It's the yeah. size of a cantaloupe. Yeah. And he like, seems a bit jovial about yes. it. Yes, yeah. But he, he And the nurse... Um, was actually it was one of those interesting things like even though he was the surgeon and he took it seriously with the cutting and everything it was almost like the nurse took care of it you know like and again that was that kind of showing that charles had i think he'd lost it a little bit more i think also nurses probably do this they they do because you probably got like a, a surgeon who's been up for 18 hours yeah Doing the physical emotions, but maybe the decision-making process, oh, what's the next thing I yeah, do? Yeah, The nurse goes, perhaps we should, you know, mop up some of this blood. Yeah, yeah. Do you want some suction clamp in there? Over, yeah, do, yeah. do you want some clamp? Do you want, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, we do need that. Yeah, yeah yes, that, that is yeah. correct. That That's is right. Correct. Yeah, so <laughs> so, so if, you're, if you're a nurse, let us know. Is that right. what you do? But he brings it out and heals it up, and it does scar up really rapidly, and yep. she comes back. Very, very. I mean, that's an advantage of this beach, really, yeah. isn't it? Is that her recovery... Was very quick. Yes. 
it was a pretty disturbing scene that one if you if you're someone that's a bit I mean, for me, it was fine. I could handle it, but it was a tense scene. Oh, they're getting their fingers uh, right in there. Their fingers are right in there. The way the cut happens, uh, even then the, the you get a shot of the tumour, it's it's all pretty gruesome. So if you're someone that's a bit squeamish, you might find it a bit too brutal. But, yeah, it, was, it really added, as I said earlier, there you go. Turn that screwdriver. Oh, yeah, the tumour is going to grow in minutes. You're going to have to cut it out or not cut it out. She's going to die, but she survives. And the interesting thing then is the connection after that is – that's why she says, like, oh, you know, the, they they had tried these different medicines and she wasn't feeling very proactive about her survival rate, was she? Mm, no. So it was interesting, like, so we're getting kind of told about their medical and, and I think this is when they're realising that all of them maybe have some sort of medical condition, isn't it? It's around about yeah, here. Yeah, because it's, like, it's um, well, yeah, the, the, rot, the decayed corpse and so forth and, and midsize, he says, uh, yeah, it just sort of seemed like I wanted to get away. I've got this blood clotting issue yeah i just wanted a, a chance to get away and and you know maybe deal with it mm. and then i met this woman she had ms and we just sort of we connected we connected yeah. over this yeah and we're here and, and guy see guy is a insurance actuary or, actuary and he kind of does the maths and he goes there's no way that all of us could be here on the beach yeah. at the same time with medical conditions these medical conditions combinations pretty rare is very rare yeah yeah, and they, and they figure it. But there's a little bit of fun and games here that are the other major one, which so here's the one is okay. You got a tumor. Oh, yeah. it's grown big with a surgery. Yeah. That's kind of like uh, if you're aging really fast, how's that going to work out? The other one, of course, is you got the two kids. Yeah, that well, they're rich. no longer kids. They start off as six year olds. Yeah, and they've grown obviously into adolescents. Yeah, and we see bits of them. They're they're, they're eating, you know, and and they're in the tent giggling and laughing. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, the... What's well, after this surgery scene, I think, oh, isn't yeah, it? Like the shot scene. is like, where are the kids? And they're like, oh, they're in the tent. And they kind of hopped out of the tent laughing and yeah. smiling. And, and her belly's getting bigger and, and she's growing. And it was a great thing because we had seen them in the tent giggling and we saw them get out and they're like, and, and then as they come towards the adults, her belly is bigger. So we know, oh, in the tent they had sex. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just playing around. Because like, yeah. remember, they're six-year-olds. Yeah. And yeah, so they their physical and brains and everything have all changed. Their yeah. hormones and everything have all changed, but they didn't gain knowledge. No, and I think in the tent they she says something like she goes, "Don't you feel like the way we look at the world's really different now?" And so, yeah. you know, it's like a real kind of teenager. That's a real comment. teenager thing to yeah. say, isn't it? The world's all around us. It's different. Um, anyway, and then very quickly she's gonna they're they're doing the mass and her belly's getting bigger and bigger. She's going into labour. It's like, like that. Oh, just if it's half an hour for a year, then it's like twenty minutes. She's going to give birth. And and again, this is done with camera work really cleverly because as the adults are trying to deal with, oh my god, you just had sex. Oh my god, she's pregnant. Oh my god, she's about to have a baby. The camera kind of flows with that tension yes and as their action like she goes down to give birth the parents are taking the son and they're like oh, you did the dad's going you didn't realize what you had sex uh, but I, I didn't have the chance to tell you that and the camera kind of pans away from them and comes and it's a very motionful moment i really liked this from a filmic point of view because you had all this action going on but he wasn't actually f closing in on the action he was actually keeping us at a distance from the action and i think it was because it was all just the idea was it was all happening so rapidly and by the time they get over one tension they've come back around she's had the baby we hear the baby cry and the uh, psychologist has kind of helped deliver that puts it down on the towel the baby's dead yeah 
Died and of inattention. Neglect. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. The, I think the nurse at this place, he says, uh, yeah, like where our cells are all aging at a speed and babies need a lot of like nutrition, nutrition and a lot of, really quick, lot of yeah, care early yeah, on. Yeah. And it just was too You would fast. have had to have like, it on the tit. Straight away going for it the milk. It wouldn't have consume enough food, no, basically. No, that's right. Uh, so it, it died almost immediately. And that's, yeah. yeah, that's a heartbreaking moment. Yeah, it was. Son goes, you know, oh, what's his name? Trevor or? Trent. Trent. <laughs> Trevor. Oh, God, I call him Trevor. Yeah. Trent. Trent. He, he gets, uh, you know, really upset. And it's like it's all massively compressed. The, oh, I'm going to be a dad. Oh, yeah. no, it's broken. Uh, yeah. and, oh. <laughs> and it turns to. Like he, him and Kara, I think it is, is the is the girl that gave birth. Like, as he goes and he takes it and he has a moment with it, it's like turning to dust. Yeah, it turns to ash. Like, you hear the bones in the towel. Like, it's really interesting. That I really liked that Put it because down. kind of like had this baby in his arms under a towel. You could see the shape, and then starts. Clunk, clunk, crunching and turning to as he puts it down, it's already dust. Like. So this is where we get to the midpoint. I it think, is the death of the baby because that was quite a. Up to then, you've had some tension and, and bits and bits, but it's still kind of that ex- exploring, you know, yeah. you know, the confrontation with midsize where he gets cut and he heals. So that's sort of exploring this fun and games. This is now the the suddenly you realize what the bad consequences are. Yeah. Got, okay, dead dog, dead baby. The baby's gone. It's turned to dust, dust and that's yeah, how quick that it is. Could, yeah. You realize. We're all going to turn to dust. And they find, to me, just before the midpoint, they find the notebooks and the the spoons and stuff. So it proves that people have been there before and not gotten off the beach. Yeah. So it's like you're doomed. Do you know what I mean? Like, so to me, that's a perfect like. Things are now worse, you know. And they do. Trent notice like a shimmering, shining up on the top, and it does. It looks like something's watching. And he says, yeah. "Oh, there's a camera watching us, or someone's up there," you know. And they go, kind of go, "Who would want to watch this?" But it does. It indicates that there's something bigger at play. So the bad guys are closing in. Um, after that, Charles schizophrenia gets worse, and he kills midsize. Yeah, he just goes mental on him, doesn't he? Okay. Yeah, sir. I guess that would be the description. He goes, yeah. um, ape bananas. He goes, ape bananas. <laughs> I, think, I think he just, he just totally it. loses the plot. And yeah. so his, his original suspicions and fear, yeah. which I think was just not out of place for uh, a person in his position, might yeah. well have uh, racist biases. Yeah. But when you combine that then with this rapidly accelerating mm. um loss of the grip on reality and what what parts are real what's not you know he starts thinking you know you're trying to get me yeah is yeah the paranoia and he's got that knife yeah i said why did he bring this knife yeah you know uh that that's just sort of indicator of fear his original fear fear. he was unsure yeah as as um and we heard him talking a bit about his fears also about losing his license and so on yeah kills mid-size not so nice. No, it was really nasty. That I didn't like that because by then I'd sort of really warmed up to midsize. So yeah. I was like, oh. So to me, that's like, yeah, we're going down this nasty path, and basically that's what happens. We the bad guys close in. Um, we kind of like we have to get off this beach, basically. Like so, before it's like, how do we get off this beach? And we have all those fun and games now. It's like we've got to get off this beach. Like we're off. we're re- we're all getting older, and it's not looking good. So. Jaron, the nurse, he decides... I found that this was a bit kind of silly, but he decided like, oh, I'm going to go swim this. I used to be in the swimming team. Yeah, I, and I would, I because would. he what, he suggested that earlier and he said no, and now he's older 
And I'm like, you're, you'd be so much weaker. Yeah, I want to like, say, what makes you think you're not going to pass out? And yeah. if you pass out in the water, you'll just you'll drown just like drown. that girl. Yeah, yeah. And that's literally what does actually happen to him. Kara, which you mentioned that scene before, that's a great scene. So she decides to descend up the cliff face. And that was shot so well. It reminded me of old Alfred Hitchcock. There's North by Northwest, which at the end of that, um, we're on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. So we're on the edge of this sort of big mountain. There's climbing up the mountain as the bad guy tries to shoot, I think, is it Gary Kent? What's his name? Clark? No, Clark Kent. <laughs> Gary, that old actor that's been in 100 bloody Hitchcock movies. Gazza. We just call yeah, him Yeah, Gazza. Correct me. Tell me who that is. I can't remember. See, names always go past me. Gary Grant, I think it is. Anyway, so they're climbing up Mount Rushmore. Gary and Grant. it's Gary Grant. There you go. Anyway, they're, they're, or as we call it in Australia, Gary. Um, Gary. But, yeah, uh, there's a similarity here. The camera's rotating like it's on a bloody swinging rope as mm. she's clinging there. And there is that lovely beat of her when... And everyone below is like, get back down, Gertie. You're not going to make it. You're not gonna, and then they're like, oh, actually, she might make it. Just reach for that ledge. Get there. Yeah, you know? if, you, if you can and just get to that ledge. There is. And then the camera stops being with her and we're down at the bottom and they're all looking up and there's that beat of... And the camera looks up at her. It's a really, you know, showing how high she is. And she's like stopped. And we presume like swimming out, she's passed out the magicalness of the rock or yeah. whatever it is. And then she just, and bang. Balls. Balls. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's a really like, yeah, it's a real terrifying death, that one, I think. So, and Patricia, this is where she was the epileptic that we knew early in the film. Suddenly she's having a seizure. On the beach, yes, multiple, uh, multiple seizure after seizure. Yeah, seizure, seizure, and she's older as well now. So she and she just—it's a fatal seizure. She dies, and and that scene you were mentioning before, this crystal hypoglycemia results. Hypocalcemia. Calcemia. That's it. Yeah, glycemia is in the eyes. I think, isn't it? Glo- Something glo- global glaucoma. glaucoma. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and there's a, such a horrific scene of her being kind of this. She's humpbacked, horrible thing in the mount in the cliff. It's like a light. like a mountain cave witch or something. Yeah. Like she's screeching at the kids incomprehensibly mm. about how I God knows why she's a Cara. Her her child has died or something. And, yeah. And Guy, you know, in all this kind of chaos, there's a moment where Guy, which I really liked, he he looks and the camera looks at his wife and she's fuzzy. And yeah. he's like, oh, no. And you, you see it in the eyes. Like yes. the shot, then the shot back of guys that um, it's like a fuzzy eye. He's got cataracts. Yeah. Which is a simple thing to fix in, uh, you know, modern society, but not on this beach. Not on a beach when you're aging. <laughs> yeah. Point. And he's aging. He's like, oh, dear. And he gets attacked by Charles. And, yeah. And finally, uh, you know. They, and they have that fight and they and fight Charles Frisca off. gets a rusty knife. Yeah. A little scientific inaccuracy here. Rust is not poisonous. Oh, okay. No, the tetanus. I thought that was pretty cool. Tetanus is a bacteria that lives in rust. Right. Rust itself, iron oxide, is what you got in your bloodstream. So it's actually tetanus that would have killed him, right? It would have been tetanus that that did him in. If she's referencing rust, rust itself is not a problem. It's only when it's got tetanus on it. Do you know what? I didn't question it. I thought it was a great way for him to die because by then he was the bad guy really, wasn't he? And yeah, Charles dies that way. So... Yeah, we've had pretty nasty, uh, you know, building up it's, of all these people trying it's to get off and calm down a bit. Mind you, I, I just want to bring this up because this is this is one of those Titanic moments, you know, where they sort of say, could, yeah. could they both floated successfully yeah. and all yeah. that sort? And 
at some point, is it Jamie or Jerry, the, the, the nurse? Yeah. He says, okay, so we can't get through the cave because, you know, it basically, our brains can't deal with the flux of time mm. happening. He says, but, you know, if you crawled through slowly a little bit, it'd be like yeah. decompression. Yeah. And, you know, it would take six or eight hours mm. maybe. But who wants to lose 20 years of their life doing that? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, why? You've got something better to do? <laughs> That's right. Like, I know I had that same thought. This like, will get you off. Yeah. And you've got no other reason to believe that you have any better way of getting yeah. doing it. And so, I, yes, I would. I must I would admit, I, I agree with what you had thought there. And I also thought, but why don't they all just do that? Like together. Because then you're not really wasting your life if you're just all together kind of creeping through this cave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, sure. You, I, I would be a... a 60 something year old yeah chap. but then you're out and you survive you're alive but i'd be about and around yeah but i think at that point they weren't convinced that's it that yeah. it was 100 percent do or die yeah 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 and the stakes the thing weren't is, raised when they realized it was they didn't bring this back up yeah. again he said instead i'm going to swim yeah somehow that will swim past work. the rocks and yeah mm. yeah um, yeah, you make you make a good point there, and 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 it does raise that as a good question. Did I, did you notice that when you watched this film? So here, the B story comes back in right on the dark night of the cell to oh, me, which is, is it's guy a and moment I think Priska are now much older, and the story has developed. So they've gone from like you said, they're stuck in a car in an episode. They've basically done that on their beat. Say so they were fighting on the bridge of divorce, ignoring each other. Guy kind of raised it the first time. She ignored it. The second beat in the fun and games, they actually argue about it, but it's more of a revealing discussion mm. about their actual feelings. We, I didn't mention it, but then there's a moment there where she says she was actually cheating on him and then he reveals he knew all along, yeah. but he wanted to stay with her. So you get to this point, which is right, you know, we've had all these deaths and the nasty attack of Charles and there's kind of a lull point here where they are sitting by the fire, two old people, and they've survived all this together and they're basically, he, he says, what were we fighting about earlier today? And she's like, I don't even remember now. And, yeah. you know, to me that was like, it was, that was the bookend of way back on that van that he's like, hello, why aren't you connecting with us? And yeah. she was on her phone. Yeah, so she was, whereas, whereas, whereas here, here they, they were present with each other. And, and he said, oh, I really like this beat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. And he basically carks it and dies. Over. <clears throat> and but, then it's, again, shot really well because the kids grab him and they're like, dad, dad, you know, and he's dead. We don't see that. Prisca gets up to sort of walk to the beach and as she walks down to the beach, yeah, what does she do? She washes something or something and then the She's camera goes back. So we've left her out of shot now mm. and then the kids are like, mum, mum, and the camera then swings back onto her and she's dead. Yeah, she stumbles back yeah, and falls over. Yeah, she sort of stumbles, over. falls over. And we sort of, so we don't, it's a really nice way of kind of, and he had done that earlier, it was exactly the same pan movements. I, I, like I said, the, so much of this film I've got that feeling of a one-shot scene. Yeah, like there's yeah. a lot of... Rather than cutting between cameras yeah, to show different slower. angles, it's just like you're floating through all of the action all at once. Yeah. Because I think when you do cut between cameras to show spotlight each bit of action or each dialogue, it's it does feel a bit sort of separated and you know discontinuous. Yeah. Whereas this that way, is... by having it floating around while they're arguing, the the other thing is simultaneously happening. Mm. You can't do that with a 
cut because a cut is sequential. So watch the opening 15 minutes of the film The Player. The Player. Because that's the longest running shot out of Hollywood, like really well documented. Lots of people talk about it. Tim Robbins is in that as a Hollywood producer. And in that scene, they even have two of the characters, like Hollywood guys are going, oh, did you watch this particular film by Robert Altman where there's a 10-minute known? You know, they even like comment on it. And they're saying, yeah, MTV is the reason why we've got cut, 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 cut. You know, like it's the modern day cut, cut, cut. Like it's, and it is cutting, as you know, your age as well, the same as me. It's, you go back to the 70s, 60s, there is a lot more of this. Alfred Hitchcock, there's a lot more slow. We looked at that in those couple of those older films, Battle Beyond the Stars. There'll be longer shots. Where they sort of had more steady cameras. It was more like filming a play Mm. on screen. Yeah. But it was just, yeah, shots were longer. Zooms are longer. They, they don't do zooms anymore. No one does a zoom anymore. Uh, zoom in, zoom out. You know, they're too long, too slow, too boring. Inattention of our audience spans. You Pardon know, what? Uh, oh, sorry, I lost yeah. track of what you're <laughs> right. uh, So, to, they're dead. The kids, it's kind of then morning and the kids are, to me, they're older again. They're actually older again yeah, now, aren't they? they're middle-aged now. They're middle-aged. And so... Trent and the, what's Maddox. her name? Max? Maddox. Maddox, Maddox, that's it. And they kind of, they're sitting there and it's very hopeless, I think. And then they, they're basically, so to me, this is right before the perfect example of breaking into three because they're like, how much time do, and I think she says, well, by six o'clock we'll probably be dead. Yeah. And it's, so it's sunrise, you know, so you sort of in your brain, you're like, it's about 10 hours, whatever, 12 hours to sun they've got of the day and then they will be too old. They'll be like their parents. And they're like, well, should we try? And they go, well, let's build a sandcastle. Yeah. And so it's like that real like, in a way as an audience, you're like, what, you're going to waste time building a sandcastle? Yeah. But in, in a way, isn't that the theme of the film? Like being present, being in the moment, actually, don't actually enjoying hanging life. Hanging out with your sister. Hanging out with your sister. And so that's what they do. And whilst they're doing that, it gives him the clarity to realise, oh, I had this message from Ibid. Yeah, I want to find out what he said. I should, And she's like, well, you should find out. I never decoded it, you know. Yeah. And so he goes and decoders. She builds the sandcastle. And it's a really cryptic message on its own, but isn't it? It's like my uncle doesn't like the coral or something. And the coral was pointed out yeah, earlier. Like we could see out in the ocean there was this reef and there was weird coral and, yeah. And so then they like are like, well, should we swim to it? Yeah, well, because they're talking about um, the like protection from x-rays. Like the, with yeah. the radiologists, they have like a special vest on. Maybe yeah. we could put, make something... Uh, put over our heads yeah. to get out like a tinfoil hat. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I thought, oh, well, you've got all that cutlery there. I mean, yeah. I suppose you could try. Yeah. But then, yeah, they, they go to investigate. Basically, yeah. I think they just went, well, he hates the coral. Yeah. There um, must be something about the coral. Can we, yeah, yeah. Like we use a coral and they go over there and, of course, discover that there's a passage. Yeah, there's a passage under the reef. Yes, and down they go. They go swimming in yeah. there. And there's a great moment she gets. And well, but the thing is there, that's sorry, that's. We can get off the beach. Yes. Like this, this is this is, this is a good example of breaking to three. As in, we can 
we've got a plan. We've got a new plan. Yeah, like we've plan. tried, people have tried climbing. People have tried swimming before. Yeah. Hasn't worked. Can't go through the caves. We have only got X amount of time left. Should we try this coral? They've got their new piece of information. They got their new piece of information, and they but they'd had that moment of clarity, hadn't they? Where they decided, hey, let's just build a sandcastle. Let's yeah. not fight this anymore. And that's quite often a really good example of characters deciding to go. Well, all right, you it's know? kind of demonstrating their growth, yeah. I guess, as as kids to adults. <laughs> yeah, as, as the the family, the, the overall theme growth, which mm. is. Is, is that. So they swim under this coral. She gets stuck, which is a great, you know, building the tension. Um, we see M. Knight being the creepy perv up at the top filming he's, them. He's watched them go under the water and a significant amount of time has gone by and they haven't come up. Yes. And so he's like, ugh, they're bloody dead. Yeah, kind of thing. Another, another lot have gone to another the Another lot of dead. And- They've tried to go to the coral and they haven't made it. So he packs up his gear and we follow him. We don't follow them anymore. And that's a nice piece of sort of narrative storytelling, isn't it? That well, we forget the people on the beach. Uh, you, you've got that tragedy of them getting stuck, and you go, "They're all dead." They're all dead. Yeah. But then we have this new mystery unraveling. Yeah. Like, where's this guy going? What yeah. was he doing? Like, he had all. Yeah. He wasn't just watching them. He yeah. was filming them, and he had computers, and he was taking yeah. information, readings, and-, and and like you, you're thinking, "Is there going to be some sort of magical unwind button?" <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, is he, are they going to go, oh, they're dead? And he goes back and they push a button and they're all actually, like, they, were, they weren't real. It was a computer simulation. They were actually in a hospital all along and it was all in their minds. Or, or maybe the passing through those rocks actually induces massive hallucination. Yeah, which that's seems right. seems to be like this all the time. Yeah, so they're not actually dead. They're just lying in their beds or whatever at the yeah. hotel. You know, like, are they going to just wake up in their hotel beds sort of thing? And anyway, he goes in and this is where we get the science, the concierge explaining well we you know this case study was successful because of the epilepsy epilepsy you know she survived x amount of years without having a seizure that can go straight out to market basically and i I like to see that they're sitting there with the special cocktail glasses and like the weird plants and things that were in the cocktail glass Mm. and there and there's scientists there with droppers you know measuring out careful dosages into these things Mm. While he's talking about it, so yeah, you start going piecing these things together, yeah. and then it's at the very bit where he, at the end with it, the the new lot of people turn up, and she comes out, you know, the the waitress woman, yeah, scientist. It's a repeat says, of the start. Cocktails made specially for you, <laughs> yeah. designed individually for you, basically. And you go, yeah. oh, that's what that meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're sort of also then it's like, oh god, this is just on a loop, right? Like more people are going to come, they're going to get stuck. It's it's a total loop, and we get we get that same sort of weird back shot where you don't see the Trent, pe- yeah, properly. But he hands the the notebook to the police officer. Yeah, which is and he's, he says you're a police officer, and the guy's like, yeah, I am. You know, and we know him from the start. And then he's making some phone calls. You see the police officer yeah. making some phone calls as they're welcoming this new family. And then with that, he's arresting them, isn't he? He's claiming yeah. that, yeah. They're and we do, we do nicely get a flashback to the, they got free of the coral and they found like a little gap. Yeah, in the reef. Stick their head up in and take Do a little breaths. breath, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and Which, keep swimming. And of course, we're talking about um, symbology. So we've got them passing through. Another, Another passage, like yeah. a, a a trial, a gauntlet yeah. they've got to pass. Yeah. But also, when they come up out of the water, you'll notice that Trent comes up out of the water 
on his own yeah. initially, and then we see Maddox. Yes. So it's it's again that um, life, death, other world, spirit mm. world. Yeah. Sort of, he's left the life of the beach that world, yeah. and he's been reborn back mm. into the new world, having you know grown up and learned something. Mm. Yeah, and so there's this slow reveal, but a quick kind of climax of like arresting those people at the resort and the scientists sort of thing. And then we see Trent and Maddox and it's nice because they come on the helicopter and back to the beach. And I was kind of like, don't bloody cross the yeah. portal line. Don't, <laughs> like, don't cross that line. I was like, is there going to be like one of those sort of things that they, at the end they just cross, the helicopter crashes? and <laughs> uh, But they didn't. They, the helicopter deliberately turns away yes. and we're just left with that image of the beach. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah, which is great. So go check out Old. It's a really interesting science fiction you know, mystery thriller with a twist. As hey, all we say, go check, you, you've already watched it, of course, because we warned you that we spoiled the whole thing. Yeah. But maybe this time you're going to pay attention to the way the camera's moving, some of the symbols of, of passing into new new worlds, water, uh, different angles. I know there's a yeah, number of times where cool. the, the camera's starting on the ground, rotates a little bit, goes, and so that's, you know, something's gone a bit funny. Yeah. When the camera goes onto an angle, you get mm. that. Yeah, the oblique angle means danger kind of idea. Yeah, something's going on. So let us know what you thought about the film, what you thought about our thoughts on the film. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Where are you putting this on your ladder? We do a ladder, folks, to kind of indicate just like an order of watching all of the science fictions. This is episode 78, so we've got 78 science fiction films if you've been following along how is your ladder looking it's getting mine's getting longer and longer it's going to be that i'm i'm thinking of actually breaking mine into separate parts Ugh, multiple ladders yeah I mean, it's <laughs> got to be we've got 70 odd on there yeah we might have to do a rejig of it all but, but where I, where are you putting it uh, i've put it in between the platform and the discovery mm, okay and yeah then, right this time i was going for because the three of them explore philosophical yeah concepts yeah and other worlds. Yes. You know, the, the platform has moving from this bureaucratic future world into the world of the platform. Mm. And then at the end, there's kind of this question of, you Ugh. know, did he move to go to hell? Did he die? Did he like... Yeah. I forgot about the platform. That was like, so good. It was pretty good. And the discovery, of course, about afterlives, yeah. repeating these lives. Yeah. 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 The platform so, was a cool movie. So if you're, if you're in that mood, this, this would be a uh, triumvirate... <laughs> yeah trilogy and i think i went about it in a similar thinking um just it ended up between two different films but my thinking again was was yeah uh characters being placed in a bit of an unusual setting and and sort of exploring those other ones so here i, I put it in between other life the west australian film and brother from another planet so i felt like all of these films, again, if you films, if you watch as a trilogy, it's like other life. Again, she wakes up not really knowing what's happened to her life and why she is the way she is. She's been implanted and that, in that. And there was another WA director called Ben. Yeah, it was. Ben, ben C. Lucas. I know. We have, uh, we have a few different Ben filmmakers around the place, don't we? Um, but, yeah, so I thought that's kind of the main character lives out another world. We've got this one old. We're on the beach. We're stuck. We're getting old. And then even the brother from another planet – a lot of that was a guy, you know, going around New York not getting what the hell New York oh, was all about. So, and weren't those little character scenes and sequences fantastic? <laughs> they were, and those sold the the agents, the agents, right? the agents oh, like great. the Men in Black kind of guys, um, which I reckon must have been 
homaged in Men in Black. So, yeah, I think all those three, they're deeper thinking films and these are quite, you know, um, analogies for the characters to play out, like what-if scenarios. Oh, yeah. You know, what if an alien from another planet comes? What if you were getting old? What if you were implanted with another memory? You know, like, yeah, that that to me is they're all what-if films. So where is it on your ladder? What would you suggest the films that we've looked at? Where should old go in? Let us know. Hit us up on the socials and, and, yeah, let us know. Maybe you could even set up, but, like, these sorts of things you could – you could do a, a little screening party with yeah. your science fiction film yeah. buddies. Let like, us know how that goes. Take like, some photos, some selfies. Let us hit us up with it. Friend of the podcast does that every Christmas so far. Yep. We did yep. the Daleks before and with yep. Brother from Another Planet the year before. Yeah. So it's grab a mate, group of mates together, get some food, sit down and watch three films in a row. Yeah, we pick a theme, go to the ladder, find yep. these these trilogies we put together. That would be fantastic. Now, I imagine you're going to talk about aging here in some way. So much of society wants to go the other way that this film suggests, wants to get younger. All the skin creams and the moisturizers and the anti-aging. As reverse Benjamin Button. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> No, I know. No. This is the opposite of Benjamin Button. Is Benjamin Button a science fiction? Yeah, I don't it, know. I mean, it I don't know. Kinda I, maybe is. Mm, I know. Let us know. Let but us yes, know. science of aging. Because this question is: every now and then, you'll get someone stand up and say, "You know, a child has already been born who will be the first one to live to a thousand or yeah. something or other." This, these statements are, are made fairly regularly, and. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely... We don't seem to be getting there, do we? It's entirely possible. <laughs> I keep getting told that fusion, uh, you know, economically viable fusion energy is just five to ten years away. It's It's been five to ten years away for, for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, but, it may happen. But but you know. we do, like in the West, have a aging population that is getting older and older. Like more and Ooh, more people are getting older. Let's not talk about Japan. No. Japan has uh, there was an island where the youngest person is sixty or something rather because yeah, right. all everyone else has left. It's only the parents that are left <laughs> there, and no new people are turning up. So they're sort of basically they're reckoning about twenty, twenty five, thirty years at the pop. There will be no population be no, on this yeah, island. Yeah, right. No one's okay. going there. Bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. But but the signs of aging we are always trying to find because let's face it the the holy grail of medicine would be. Immortality. I mean, yeah. if we're going to come up with any cures, like we come up with antibiotics, and that has been a, a major benefit. We spoke earlier about the smallpox. Defeating smallpox was like a really big step. On um, a previous episode. Yeah, on a previous episode. Yep. Yeah. And this is really just small steps towards immortality because yeah. the, ultimate, the ultimate medicine would be to not age because most diseases or chronic ailments that we don't, have good treatments for uh-huh. uh, due to age. Yeah. Yeah. If you get uh, a virus, we can, we've got antivirals, we can, you know, play, you know, filter your blood through artificial kidneys. We can, you know, there's all manner of things that we can try. We can even yeah. use, um, you know, what was it stem cell immuno um, uh, upregulation and, and so forth. Like, so there's some amazing sort of techniques that have and can be and it, used. I guess there's a question here, isn't there? Because it's always like with medicine, treatment yeah. versus prevention. A, prevention, yes. yeah, that was the word. Yeah. An age, age by not being aged, like the percentage of 20-year-olds who are suffering from mm. heart disease, yeah. extremely low. Yeah. It does happen, yep. but it's, you know, that's like 
super bad luck if that's the case, really. Yeah. The percentage of 98-year-olds suffering <laughs> heart failure, yeah. very high. Yeah. Just And that's not through bad lifestyles. It's because you've lived so long. Mm. Um, but this is the question, though, that has to be asked, and there's a lot of investigation into it. So there's, there's kind of um, two broad ideas of how aging works, mm-hmm. and there's no unified theory which explains it all. Yeah. So it's... You know, we, we have a few of those in science, like uh, we've got uh, relativity, general relativity, special relativity, we've got quantum theory. They all explain things very well up to a certain point, and they each explain something slightly different. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, trying to find a crossover where they explain everything yeah. we haven't found. And same with aging. So we've got one side of the argument, argument, one side of the investigation is that we are pre programmed. To die, basically our life our lifespan is kind of part of our life cycle. Yeah. So the same processes which determine that we go from a single fertilized egg through to multiple cells to mm. being a small embryo into an adult. Yeah. Is all like a, the aging process is just a continuation of all of these pre-existing. Uh, biological functions yeah, right. until we die. And you can point to, for example, um, dogs. They have a lifespan of maybe 10 years. My dog lasted 13 and a half yep. years-ish. And from his perspective, he was born and, and came along to this, this very loving family. And then his entire lifespan, we didn't age. Yeah. I mean, my kids sort of grew up a little bit, but, you know, my wife and I, from his perspective, basically stayed almost the same. You know, I've got a couple more wrinkles, a couple more gray hairs, but otherwise hmm. I'm still just as healthy and fit as I was 13 and a half years ago. <coughs> <laughs> uh, relatively speaking, yeah. compared to my poor old dog hmm. who grew up, was very fast, very strong. Hmm. About 10 years, he started slowing down a bit. Yeah. His 12th and 13th year, his legs were not quite working right. His yeah. breathing was a bit harder. Hmm. And and finally, he passed away. Yeah. All in the span. And, and that's just like a, a tiny sliver of my lifespan. Yeah. yeah. So it clearly goes to show that there's nothing stopping animals from living different lifespans, hmm. but the programmed idea is that well dogs biology is just such that they grow really fast into maturity and then they also die very fast and i think that's why it was clever to put a dog in the film wasn't it that you knew as soon as as the audience knowing that okay these people are probably on this sort of yeah we don't know the mechanics yet but there's a dog that dog's going to be the first thing to go that's that's a (laughs) proverbial canary yeah yeah Yeah. it is it's the canary in the coal mine isn't it and the other side of the equation though says okay it's not pre-programmed so much as you just run out of repair mechanism right and damage accumulated damage eventually overwhelms your body yeah so as you uh age well sorry as time goes by Mm. you're exposed to just you know um things that want to stop life you know uv radiation um free radicals from you know carbohydrate metabolism yeah uh just bumping your toe on the door too many times you know illnesses random viruses yeah radiation whatever it just slowly just breaks apart things part of your dna and part Mm. of your other mechanisms you know some of your organs then you know as a result don't operate as effectively which means they don't produce the 
you know the other repair mechanism and becomes this cascading thing until essentially at some point it's inevitable that something's going to fail yeah it's just a matter of what's going to fail first yeah. and this is why diseases start getting at you more because yep. your immune system starts falling apart like it just doesn't respond as fast you don't heal as fast yes yeah so that's the, that's the two ones so to approach that of course is if you sort of say we have it pre-programmed in us what that would imply and there's strong evidence to say this is true that you know we have um cells will multiply x number of times before they just stop and once all of your cells just stop, well, that's the end of it. Mm. And that's about 120-ish years. Right. Uh, give or take. You know, the, the oldest woman, Jean Clement, uh, was 122 and 175 days or something. Okay. Uh, she didn't live a particularly healthy lifestyle. Mm. She just lived her span and died. Yeah. But what that means is if we want to live forever or greatly increase our lifespans, we have to fundamentally change our biology. Mm. So that either means replacing parts of us with artificial componentry. and Robotics. That doesn't have to be robotics. It could be lab-grown. No, I want robotics. Synthetic organs. Uh, or it means we have to you know, change our DNA, like mm. modify. And, and uh, you can do that with you know, if, <laughs> a modified measles virus if you were to uh, <laughs> believe the... Um, I Am Legend. The I Am Legend movie. But the same sort of thing is like you yeah. get a retrovirus introduce some particular DNA which we know works and then you could essentially infect yourself with an anti-aging illness. Hmm. Yeah, and right. so you, you to put some immunosuppressants so you don't fight this virus off. Yeah, right. And then you get totally infected by this virus and it would go through and, you know, change you mm. to a younger version of you. Yeah, right. Maybe. Um, yeah. That might be one way you could do it. But the other side, which is to say accumulated damage, what that means is that uh, the view would be we have effectively unlimited lifespans. It's just that our repair mechanisms are insufficient. Mm. So that would mean that it would be possible to, um, that age in this case could be viewed as a disease mm. as opposed to a um, physical limitation, yep. you know, which, which would require physical modification. This is, we have a disease which we could cure with uh, drugs or therapies of, you know, minerals, vitamins, supplements whatever to reduce this or you know maybe wearing certain like well we already have sunscreen for example that reduces the aging of our skin by keeping the uv light off us uh we could wear special clothing or apparatus which protects our Mm. bodies and maybe there'd be a way to shoot you know a a supplement into your body that would kickstart the repair mechanisms quicker or something and this brings me nicely to a very interesting coincidence. Mm. Is it a coincidence? I don't know. So a quiz coincidink. So in 2015, we have this fellow, uh, Michael Cantor. Good old Cantor. So he was prescribed metformin for pre-diabetes. So mm. metformin is a drug that is given to people with approaching type two diabetes. <laughs> Good old metformin. Or early part, early, <laughs> early type 2 diabetes and it increases insulin sensitivity so that the insulin that you are producing gets um, used better right okay and he actually you know improved his life style uh, to the point where he no longer required it okay so it's possible like if you haven't actually hit that diabetes you know dead wall yeah like where you're 
insulin just stops working. You've, you're burnt out, basically. Yeah. If you, so that's probably pre-diabetes. Of, yeah. And that's a spectrum. You can reverse that before you hit your, your you know, point of no return. Mm-hmm. And he managed to do that, which is good news for him. Yeah. But he'd also been hearing about some interesting studies showing that metformin was showing improved longevity. Right. And he went, oh, please, doctor, may I stay on metformin? For this purpose. And the doctor kind of said, and I don't know the exact laws and so forth, but obviously it was allowed. He said, okay, like... Let's trial it for a while. It's a drug that's been used for a long time. It's well understood. Side effects are known. He was not having any problems with it. So they said, yes, you can keep doing it. Yep. So he kept going on and so is his wife. Yep. They're an ongoing experiment. So that's seven years ago. Still alive. Now they're Benjamin Button. They're a bit younger. Well, they're like 69 now, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. not surprising they'd still be alive considering average lifespan is 75 to 76-ish yep. across everyone. Yeah, so they've been doing... There's more research going this metformin saying they, they don't know why it would increase life, but it, people on metformin have uh, lower mortality. So this is even people with type 2 diabetes mm. have... You know, they looked at the cohorts... Uh, in their studies as they're doing this, and they find they have lower mortality from all causes mm. while on metformin. Yeah. And people without diabetes also. Yeah, right. So they're going, well, it seems to somehow prevent a number of these sort of age-related diseases. Mm. It's too early to know at the moment, but could metformin or some similar thing, and metformin is derived from a, uh, a natural root called something I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> On my notes, this is a problem. I always get here and my notes are sort of on the screen and I'm yeah, yeah. hard blue. But it's, it's, it's like a, a root that's been used since medieval times for yeah, right. as a medicine and they've derived this metformin from mm-hmm. it. And uh, so it's, it's been used for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well understood. But could it indeed help with some of these things? Yeah. And it could do because other research uh, done in the UK has found there's a relationship between the insulin and IGF, which is the insulin-like growth factor, okay, or its lack thereof, and improved aging signals. Mm. Uh, aging signals. So if you get a, a person who has got a long-term low IGF, this insulin mm. process, yep, yep. they will have physiologically younger appearance mm. like you, you check their cells you check their dna their telomeres are longer they're doing better and in fact there's there's a great documentary which kicked off the whole five two fasting and all the rest of it yeah which is sort of based on this research which says that in a fasted state and you know you have to really understand what that means before mm. everyone jumps in there saying oh you don't want to fast because it turns you into this that and other thing yeah. okay so go read the medical definition of how all this works because it's not what you think just straight up before anyone starts jumping on me about how this is not healthy or whatever it is yeah this is you know proper people who know what they're talking about are talking about this not just me but likewise you probably should investigate that if it's for yourself yes and you're like i'm not going to give you advice on on whether you should do this or not (laughs) this is is up to you your doctor your family all that sort of you're talking about the research but the point is the point is yes they they've they found these people on calorie restrictions mm. uh, who are essentially going through various stages of you know, mild fasting. So we're not talking about days here. We're talking about yeah. just sort of a, a calorie reduction here, fewer calories in one day, yeah. not complete lack thereof. Yeah. 
And yeah, so uh, in this documentary, it's really good. Michael Mosley, I think you've probably heard yeah. him. Is a he does a number of these medical documentaries. He was fifty at the time when he did this documentary, and he found this other fifty-year-old who was a, a long-term adherent to calorie restriction mm. and optimal eating. So you know, he ate a lot of you know, berries and um, kale and whatever else, yeah. and not a lot of calories. And they went and did some medical tests in comparison to each other. Yeah, some basic ones like closing your eyes and balancing on one leg, mm. which is surprisingly difficult to do because mm. part of your balance is your eyes. But older people have more trouble doing it because yeah. you've got more damage accumulated in your parts of the ear that help you do it. Yeah. And between the two, of course, the guy on the calorie restriction uh, showed you know, a, a balance time that was more similar to someone about the age 30. Right. And Michael Mosley was fairly typical. He, he could balance for only a very short time before he had to put his foot down. Yeah. Uh, and then they looked at things like um, arterial wall calcification mm. and, you know, cholesterol levels mm. and body fat and, and any number of these sort of indicators yep. that you might look at, skin elasticity. And they found that in all cases, the guy on the calorie restrict, the fasted state, you know, mm. sort of diet was superior by, you know, the sort of results you'd expect from some 10 or so years younger. Yeah, right. Wow. Uh, and so based on this anyway, um, Michael Mosley went, hey, wow. And he actually went and did it. And you, you watch the documentary. It's quite interesting. And uh, it's become a whole fad thing anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so this fasting, insulin, metformin, aging as a disease, like as damage accumulation as opposed to a pre-programmed thing. Yeah. However... Again, neither the pre-programmed thing nor the as damage explains all of aging because, right. again, all the projections saying, okay, let's stop all damaging, what happens? Well, we still have these senescent cells, mm. which are the cells that are programmed to die. Something's gone wrong in them and yep. they're going to die. Yeah. And there's uh, a limit to cell division. Some cells just stop di dividing. Mm. They suicide. Yeah. And they're going to happen anyway, even without like the radiation, if you could somehow protect yourself perfectly. Yes. It still trails off. It's still aging. Yes. But uh, yeah, so there's, there's, there's no one view. There's more and more knowledge being discovered about it. Yeah. And the, the best thing that, of course, is uh, the best advice that we all already know, keep active. And this doesn't mean you've got to work strenuously. Yeah. Just Walking. In fact, I was reading an article today saying that the 10,000 steps, mm. actually most of the benefit kicks in at 7,000 steps. Mm. It, it starts to peter off towards the 10,000. Yeah. I think 10,000 was originally just chosen as a round number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but someone's actually gone and studied uh, what, what they call it um, uh, across, uh, what do they call these studies? It went and looked at 15 other studies, which include a lot of people doing this. Yeah. And it was about 7,000 steps was your best point. Yeah. So, and that's like just, that's just walking around. Yeah. Uh, eat mostly vegetables mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, don't like smoke. Like a balanced diet. <laughs> don't smoke and, and keep, you know, have good air quality around you. Yeah. Like we, I think everyone would nod their head and go, yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah. I'm not going to do it, but it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, there we go. You Can we live forever? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Well, the actuaries say no no eventually you <laughs> die guy the actuary eventually you will have an accident and die the average lifespan i was reading another article about actuarial you know analysis if you took out all of the age related factors yeah the average lifespan would probably rise to about 600 
Right. At which point you're most likely to have been taken out by something. Yeah. You fell off a cliff, hit yeah. by a car, struck by lightning, thrown into the vacuum of space. Yep. Had a chest hugger, chest burst out of your thing and aliens <laughs> devour your body. I don't know. You get 600 years. Well, like the thing is the amount of old people I've seen this, like they'll, they'll fall over. Mm. And it, you know, and it's because of some of those reasons they are older and their bones mm. are frailer and whatever. But then it's like then they might be in bed, you know, bedridden for six or seven weeks whilst healing, uh, and then they have to walk with a walker after that, so they can't do their ten thousand steps anymore. Yeah. And during that time, they lost a lot of muscle, and so even though there's not a disease, they're now so much weaker at that point in their life. Yeah. And it just seems like it's a bit of a downward spiral sometimes. And all it was was a fall. Yeah. Or oh, they that, just fell over. They tripped over. Having to my wife's now. And break, break a particular bone or a hip or, a, you know, ribs or whatever. And it forces them, you know, because I know with my parents, they're over 80 and they both walk is a big thing they do. Like mum in particular has always walked mm. and hasn't done the running and the, you know, and yet she's 80 now, you know, yeah. and dad's the same. Dad's always moved in his job and walked. And it's like the rest of their, the rest of their lifestyle is not that healthy, but they have walked. Um, but that's the thing that I was thinking of. Like if they trip over or something, it just would stop them from walking. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that is often the day. My, yeah. my wife's Nana, she yeah fell over in the garden and sort of I don't think she actually broke a hip but she she broke a leg herself. or she hurt herself badly yeah. and and yeah, she was out of her a bit but not only did that weaken her a bit but it also made her afraid yeah like she would often say yeah. that yeah she's just a little bit more careful now yeah and, and I'm sort of thinking ah oh, yeah a little bit careful it's kind of probably sensible mm. but it's yeah, it's a fear because it's you know she was yeah. out of it for so long she's like oh I don't want that happening again but. Yeah. It becomes that spiral, doesn't it? Where yeah. it's like, okay, so now you're moving less than you were before. Yeah. And you're going to take fewer risks. And then she had like another, you know, incident. And then, yeah, yeah within within a, uh, a year and a half or something of that mm. fall, she was gone. And I've seen, I won't go, we won't go into it now today in this episode, but I've seen a doco about the neurological formation of stuff. And there was a bit on that about even when you're young, you should be kind of, uh, training your peripheral vision because it gets um, smaller and smaller as you get mm. older because it's, la- it's a lazy thing as a human. Like we just don't use it, so we bring it in. So one of the suggestions, even like when you walk up and down steps, you don't look at your feet. Yeah. You look ahead because what you're doing is you're training your balance and all that. And quite often older people, the older they get, they're looking at their feet looking at it, and they trip over yeah. because they're so conscious of it. And um, so, yeah, but anyway, there was a great doco about the brain and how to kind of keep mm. it going over the years. So... Well and truly good advice to stay younger there, sorry. And just so we know, we're not medical advisors here. Yeah, I know. And I'm, I am. <laughs> I believe in M. Night Shyamalan. Like, we're going, we're just going to go onto a beach and get old and die. That's a, you know, that's Well, I'm, I'm hoping that that, this, this little forecast is sort of by 2060, we should have that cure for aging. Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd just be happy. The- I don't want them to bring that in, but when I'm like 90 and then you're stuck as a 90-year-old, you know, it'd be all right at like at this age is fine, you know, or younger. You're like, you know, what about the 20-year-olds if they're going to have, they're going to live forever as a 20-year-old? Yeah, well, I, th- I think that's... Or a 30-year-old or something. Well, I mean, that's one of the approaches that take when, if you're looking at the pre-programmed death is, mm. okay, we can't extend, 120 yeah. is it. What if you can pause it? But what pause if, your age. What if you are like 
equivalent to a 35 year old all the way up until you're 115 yeah yeah and then those last five years is like the beach you know yeah. then you go oh yeah and so you get, you get 100 <laughs> or something years of strong vigorous yeah. active life mm. and it's only at the very end you have like that sudden you're like yeah you're suddenly depreciation yeah i think most people would take that and you think well that's pretty good yeah 100 years and five years of a real tapered off quick experience yeah why not go for it but so, the other way around Five years, good life, that hundred years of... <laughs> or I want that Benjamin Button. I want to go backwards. So let us know what you think about aging. What do you agree? Do you reckon we're going to get there? Is there a fountain of youth? The holy grail that one day will be discovered. So we're going to move on from old. Let us know what you thought about everything we've chatted tonight. Socials, email, website, you know where to find us. Um, if you're listening on one of the podcasting services, Apple, Spotify, all the other places that you can find us or just directly on the website. If you can, chuck us a rating or a review. It's always good. Get Space Brains out to more earbuds. Check out film festival.spacebrains.com.au yep uh, buy your tickets buy your ticket if you haven't uh, to the actual festival buy your aeroplane ticket to Mandra if that's what you need the state borders are open (laughs) they are open now they are open and hopefully maybe by the time we get to the festival we're not even having to wear masks anymore Um, but yeah come on in to Space Brains Town our next episode we are going in to have a look at a British film called the Machine. It came no out machine. in 2014. Now, don't mistake this film for... Ex Machina. It looks very similar. I have not seen this film before. The trailer looks exciting. It's all about a robot. Very similar to... Ex Machina. But it's not... <laughs> Ex Machina. <laughs> so, it's The Machine, 2014. Just be very clear. I think it is available on Prime and probably some other places. But go check it out and we will catch you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.